Yo, thank you for listening to Coffee Sometimes. If you're new here, then welcome. Every week we talk about coffee, business, and some other stuff in hopes that some of the things we've learned in the past can help you in your coffee journey. We really like doing this, and the best way you can help us continue is by subscribing and liking our content on YouTube and following and reviewing on your podcast app of choice. Lastly, if you find what you hear helpful, please share on your social media platforms and with your friends who might be interested in learning a thing or two about coffee and running a coffee business. All right, thanks for listening. Here's the show. What are we drinking? Guess. <laughs> okay. Is it Valor? Uh, don't even don't even you go can't there. Say that, dude. Just think more like what what where the coffee's from, the varietal, the process. Okay, okay. Think farmer. Yeah, it's probably like a Colombian. Yeah. What farmer are you tasting right now? Um, it's that coffee from break. I don't remember where the origin was. Colombia honey. Al Puente. Is it really Colombia? I thought it was Honduras. Doesn't matter. Anyways, welcome to the program, listeners. Uh, this coffee is from break coffee roasters in Duluth. The greater Duluth, the greater Duluth area, formerly forgotten coast went through an excellent rebrand. Looks great. Looks incredible. This is not it. This is a Valor. This is an old Valor mug. How could we be drinking a different coffee in a Valor mug? Smash well, that like and find out. That's a, a, a vessel can be anything, you know? Oh, wow. Go there, dude. Go I mean, there. Press into that. <laughs> Unpack that for me. Did you guys happen to finish Stranger Things this weekend? Did you watch it? Uh, I did yeah. watch some of it. I did not. Li- I we almost watched the uh, the last one mm. last night, but Daddy was too tired. Mm. I was tired. My kid went to bed at ten o'clock last night. Mm. She usually goes to bed at eight. So if you had started it when she went to bed, it would have been like you probably wouldn't have gotten to your bed till one a.m. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 She went to bed so late because we were watching fireworks. At uh, the park, and she loved it. Oh. It was so fun. That's awesome. That's sweet. Daddy was happy. Oh. Because da- daughter was happy? Yeah. Uh, did you, without saying you know, the huge spoilers, because we have the world's biggest Stranger Things fan right we here, um, did you like it? Did you not like it? They did exactly what I knew they were going to do. So I'll say that, and it. I'll I'll say this, and I don't think it's too spoilery, and I'll only leave it at a. So if if you don't want to hear this, then fast forward fifteen seconds right now. And they, smash like, and, <laughs> and smash like while you're up there, uh, man. Now they're gonna have to. Okay, now we have to wait <laughs> so they can fast forward fifteen seconds again. Okay, I I didn't say anything just then, so fast forward another 15 (laughs) seconds and smash like while you're at it. Uh, Starting now. Now. So 
they never follow through on like actually killing off a main character. I'll say that. Who does though? They're they're like it's like they're too scared to do that, and it's annoying. They do in the movies in the shows. They kill them off. I can marvel. That's the only grid I have for. Okay, we art. have to we have to stop talking about it now. Unfortunately, even though I had more to say. All right, my thing is that I didn't like it, and I don't want to watch the show anymore because it's stupid. Okay. And I'm objective. Dude, let's see you try to make a show. Yeah. And see how yeah, stupid Yeah, what kind of show is. would you make? Let's hear the plot. It would be called Crazy Stuff. You know, <laughs> you got Stranger Things. I'm just going to call it Crazy Stuff. Mm-hmm. Crazy Things. No, Stuff. Okay. Crazy yeah. Stuff. Sorry, it's your show. Yeah. <sighs> Guys, I have a confession to make. Okay? And I actually think it would be a good think piece for you guys. Um, and I want to hear your take on it. Let's hear it. I... I play guitar, okay? It's my side job. I play guitar, right? We all know this. Huh? Friends of the program would know this. Um, I purchased a $35 pick. Ross. A single pick. Are you bragging? $35. Well, you said he's confessing. I'm not that proud of it. I don't regret it having received the pick and used it this weekend. Um, is it just perfectly beveled? I have it in my hand. <laughs> it is a Can blue. It? It's a blue chip. Ooh, it would be called blue chip. Yeah. My friend Ben has blue chip picks. He probably has an artist deal or something. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think he has like three different ones. They're all like different thicknesses and different uh, cuts. But, um, I got one that was a bit thinner. I was using some... All right, guys. Since you asked, I, I was using really, really thick picks for a while. And then I was like, kind of like started to deconstruct that a little bit. And like... Careful. Um, be like, why, why do I use thick picks? So I started using more thin picks. And I was like, man, I really miss thin picks. Hmm. Huge difference for people who don't know. Like the sound and the feel of using a really thin pick or a, like a honker. So another thing that I like about it is, uh, so yeah. Could I see my pick? Ethan? Yeah. Th- thanks for the pick Ross. When are you going to get Ethan one? So if you'll see, I don't know if you can see this. That's what you, people you want me on, to hold it closer. Some people on YouTube always say, I don't know if you can see this, but, um, there are three different sides or three different points to it. So you've got the two points that are kind of like a traditional, I don't know, like diamond. Was that a 45 degree? And then you have the rounded side, right? Okay. Just don't like throw it. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, sorry, I, I say I have a 35. To. You're trying to steal it. You're throwing it. That's the like, second thing I've thrown at you and then said I didn't mean to whenever yeah, I actually did. I'm starting to think there's a conspiracy against everything that I stand for here. Well, but what else yeah. is new? Um, not much anyways. So I just thought we could break down like why I paid $35 for a guitar pick and then talk about like what, like have you guys ever bought anything comparable to that? Like a stupid thing, a highly, it's not stupid. I wouldn't like say crazy that. stuff, it, like slick stuff. Really? Um, mm-hmm. Can Anyways. I say can I say something to validate you before you even say anything? Sure. When you have a hobby um, or an interest, 
it is perfectly acceptable to spend whatever copious amount of money you want on that if it's going to offer you fulfillment. Yeah. I also... Um, I know you know that. Yeah. I'm just letting our listeners, listeners and Ethan. know. And Ethan, because yeah. he doesn't know. Right. <laughs> I'm not good for much, y'all. <laughs> uh, hey. Hey, buddy. Come hey, on. Hey, what we said back there, we were joking. Okay? What's a joke? Take a joke. <laughs> what is a joke? Um. Anyways, I agree. I... I am more excited to play guitar when I play with this pick. It's amazing. I play I, I've only played with it for one weekend. But when I got it, I was like, I can't wait to see how this thing sounds. And the, the things I love about it is it's a uh I was reading about it on off offline. Offline, um, yeah. Yeah. Like you save, you took a screenshot and put your phone on airplane mode, and then you read it. <laughs> I was reading. I, I got this offline, um, but they the the reason why it's so expensive is it's made out of a material that they they're not going to say what material it is because it's it's just pr- plastic pr- proprietary information <laughs> like a propylene. Um, uh, they say it's a self lubricating material, whatever that means, but. It doesn't ever slip out of my hand, um, and I can get a different tone from the guitar out of each side. Mm. I tested it. I like to play with the the rounded side. How do you know? Most. How do you, do you how do you have a compass for which side? Whenever you just like pull it out of your pocket, you like have to you have to think about it. Yeah. When I well, I pull it out of my pocket. And then it's in my hand for the rest of the set. So like I just like pull it out and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna play with this side. That's how you hold it, okay. by the way. Yeah. Yeah, hold it just like that. Um it sounds really good on acoustic. You can tell even more that it's a nice pick on acoustic. Um but yeah, that I think that's why I one, I there's a couple of reasons I bought it. One, it would make me be more excited to play guitar and I would play guitar more which is great. The other thing is it's an investment that's going to make me more money because I'm going to play guitar more and practice more. And that will that make me more money. About? That's part of what it's about. Um, and the other thing is I, and this is what I thought would be interesting for you guys to comment on and possibly even like apply to Valor in some way. But whenever you have a highly premium product where when you price it, like when you price a pick at $35, you're, you're like, the question is like, what, why, why? Like, I have to know, at least for me, it was like, I have to know why this is $35. Like if they're following a traditional model, does that mean they have $11 cost in that pick? Yeah. Well, according to their website, it's like, yeah, they have a team of six people. They, have a CNC machine. You guys know what that is? No. A CNC machine, you usually use it to like cut out guitars. So it it's like, a, I'm pretty sure it's laser. I could be wrong, but it basically like perfectly cuts out, you know, the, the shape of the guitar. It even like will contour the body. Mm. So they have an $80,000 CNC machine to cut these picks. So it's like, that's a overhead cost. Um, they have a team of six people and the main reason it's so expensive is the material is highly uh it's really expensive um to source i i forget 
the perfect connection to your instrument. Right. Um, Are I you think gonna the, get the banjo thumb pick. They have a they have a big market in like mandolin and banjo guys. Mm. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Which one did you get? Uh, it's the TP one R. I don't know if you can find that. Do you respect the super like basic looking website, or do you wish it yes. was nicer? Okay. Well, I thought you would like the. It's a it's a family company in Knoxville. Clinton, but. Oh okay. <laughs> I saw it on the Google search. I... Clinton. Okay. Clinton. Um. But yeah. So yeah, I, I like how like homey the the website is. Yep. The forty on the right. That's what I got. Um. Mm. So, anyways. Wow. Thanks. I thanks for sharing. I want to ask you guys a question. Whenever, like, as a consumer, okay, what what are your core values? Like, the things you value whenever you're trying to make a purchase. Let's, like, you, you could break it down even to, like, the groceries you buy. Or you could be, like, when you buy a silly thing like this, like, or, like, a, a hobby or a something for work, you know, like, what are the things you look for whenever you're figuring out what to buy? What excites you? Please go ahead. You love answering this kind of stuff. I can go first if you guys don't know because I have an answer already. Okay, Ross. Why don't you keep going? Okay. So with the Ross, you're kind of going off. I know I I have a few guitar heads out there. All right. Gear nerds. Smash Uh, like. Smash like (laughs) if you're a gear nerd. Um, I'll talk about it in those terms because that's kind of like the my main like. I don't buy a ton of things personally for Valor to like use my, but for my other job, I do because I have to. Quick, just quick thing. If you're listening to this and you're wondering if we're going to get to part two of our series, we are. Just hold tight. Yeah. Hold tight. Um, I, I have two different pieces of gear that I really like. I have my guitar, I have my amp. And there's a commonality between both of them. My guitar is a PRS Silver Sky. Um, for anyone that cares or knows the thing I love about it is it is a classic design, a timeless design, the Fender Stratocaster. There's so many amazing things about that design, like Leo Fender designing that in the fifties. Uh, they just like made the best guitar ever and it has not changed a ton over the years. PRS took that and just improved it. Like improved different things that yeah, there he is. That is hot. Johnny May. Um so I love I love timeless designs that don't need to be changed, but are improved like the limitations are taken off. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing with my amp. It's a Mesa Boogie California tweed. And it is a classic like tweed amp design, but there's like these modern features that don't take away from like the, the original like goodness of what it was. Like all the good, less of the bad. Yeah. Not much fluff on top. When you have like a vintage design, there's so many great things about it, but there's just limitations to it. And so like taking off the limitations, but without losing the, like the original intent and the original goodness, I'm a sucker for that. 
Love that. Wow. Classics, man. Classic with a modern touch. Right. Just like John Mayer. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Wow. It's true. <laughs> we got a John Mayer man on our hands. <laughs> I think for me, it's a lot of, you know, functional and thoughtful is what I look for. So, you know, if we're talking about something functional, like this computer, for example, I mean, I didn't buy this computer. Full transparency. Fowler bought it for me. But it... You kind of did. So I bought 33% of it. Thanks, guys. Um, Whatever. It's, you know, I, I didn't have an old computer before, but, you know, this computer came out and the specs were so crazy that it legitimately... I kind of had to buy it because it was going to save me so much time in my work week. So, like, when I edit a video, it renders the video in, you know, a tenth of the time that my previous computer did. Whoa. Uh, I can have multiple programs open at the same time that I do use kind of back and forth, and my computer never slows down, which just helps me be able to kind of output more. So... You know, functional, uh, you know, something else I think of is, like, my outlier pants. Uh-huh. Uh, Ethan put me on to outlier. Uh, they kind of, as, as they age, I guess all the sexy things about them kind of go away. But when you first get them out of the box, they're, like, completely rainproof. Um, they're, like, comfortable enough to sleep in. But they kind of look like nice pants if you want them to. But you can kind of like dress them down a little bit. Just like do all this stuff. It's like really cute. Uh, They are super cute. They're really cute. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So functional. I think you like features. I like features. You're a big features guy. You're not going to just buy this like one trick pony kind of thing. I don't see that a lot for you. I mean, another thing I think of is, like, my TV at home. Like, it's kind of ridiculous, but I'm just like, I watch TV every day. I play video games, like, pretty often, so I'm going to get a TV that's, like, kind of bells and whistly. Yeah. And every time I watch my TV, I'm like, this is great. I love this. I love TV. TV, is it a plasma? Yeah, it's a plasma. <laughs> is it a flat screen? HD? Yeah, it's an OLED. That's kind of the the thing nowadays. Okay. Is it like plasma? It's just like plasma. Yeah, can't 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 <laughs> put it on its si- can't terms. put it on its side or uh, it'll mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when that was a thing with plasma? Don't don't put the plasma on its side. The plasma will trickle down. So there's kind of two questions on the table. It was, the first one was like, what's something you'd spend money on that's kind of dumb? And then what do you look for when you're buying something? Like what are the, yeah. the features or principles? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think about stupid stuff I've bought lately. I'll probably go spend some money on Frisbees because... Like some high-end Frisbees. Because Ross threw all of yours on the roof. On the roof. No, on just the roof. because my Frisbees have like the, you know when you throw it on concrete, it gets like scratched on the bottom and then it gets rough. Uh, so I'll probably, I don't think you have to buy nice ones. Mm. I don't think there's like a boutique Frisbee out there. I'm sure there is. Oh, there's not? There's a 
That one says it's four hundred dollars. So well, that's for a hundred. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you should just buy that. Oh my gosh! Well, that one's seven thousand. Um, what else? I bought I your think. one and only destination for discs. That's disc golf. I bet that can get really expensive. You used to be oh, in a yeah. disc golf. Yeah, I got a bunch of discs. I, I just gotta go, gotta go throw disc. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying. I feel like I spend me and my wife probably spend the most amount of money on just food. We're always buying yeah. like the nicest, whole foodiest food. You know. Um, Why do you do that? Oh, okay. I bought a fifteen dollar jar of chili oil when you could get one for like three dollars. And it was like this lady had this whole story about like growing up in Sichuan where like chili oil is from and like moving here and integrating a bunch of different flavors, but making it all like organic. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Because I think for me with food, I'm like, it's the best when it's closest to its truest form, but it's also cool when it has a lot of like modern expression a little bit. So there's like different spices in there than what would be in like a classic recipe. I was like, Oh, this would be super fun. And I went through it. It was great. It was a great win. Uh, So similar philosophy, like it's pure to its form, how it's supposed to be, but there's like some things, there's a spin on it that is, that doesn't take away from the like natural element of it. Enhancing. Yeah. Um, I probably think about footprint a lot because I buy a lot of used stuff. I think I always just like look for used yeah. first. Um, and so I love doing that kind of stuff. Rocking some shorts I got for free. Got this shirt for free. <laughs> I got Picked that up at the thrift store. Yeah, I, I paid for 33% of it. Yeah, so I paid I paid for thirty three percent of it too. So, mm. and thank you for part of this shirt too. Yeah, so like thrifty, like you're not trying to buy, buy like new clothes all the time. No. When's no. the last time you bought new clothes? Um, one year ago, I bought Patagonia fishing pants. I remember that. That was a big day. For yeah, you. for. Uh, for the farm because they're like super lightweight nylon mm. pants, but I wanted to wear long pants for the farm. So sometimes when I really need like to do a specific function, I will I will buy the thing that I need at retail cost. But that's pretty few and far between. I think on either side of that, it's been a while since I've bought clothes. I went to doing more of the like Frisbee workout stuff this year. I went to Ross a couple weeks ago. Picked up some like. What did he have to say? (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Picked up some like, you know, athletic socks and compression shorts and like workout shorts, all for like thirty bucks. I was like, this is great. This podcast is brought to you by Ross. 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 Thanks, Ross. You guys know the slogan: "Dress for less." Dress for less. Mm. So I dress for less, Uh, and that's what I have to say. Nice. Thanks for bringing up this scintillating topic. Uh, <laughs> and if you liked this topic, you know what to do. You yeah. already do. Know we even to need do to do say it. But maybe think about uh, think about it for yourself and write in. What are some of your values uh, that come to mind when you're thinking about making a purchase? 
I mean, it's like having just like the premium slot on our menu, kind of like back to the the blue chip conversation. You know, like when we you look at Onyx's coffee, like they have a hundred dollar twelve ounce box of coffee. In the question, like yes, not a lot of people are going to buy that. Well, a good, Onyx, so. a, a good amount of people will, but if you're talking about the percentage sure. of the, the customer base, customer base in America that drinks coffee, but it's like the question is, man, how good could it really be? Mm-hmm. I just think that's an interesting uh, product approach, like how to how to market something. But uh, anyways, what you cooking up over there, T? I'm just looking at there. What am I? Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. This is nuts, but it's amazing that they are able to do this. So limited memberships available of the Echelon membership. It's currently sold out. $2,850 for 12 months of the best, of the finest coffee in the world. Whoa. Wow. Wow. First 50 to sign up within the U.S. at this time. So they've got 50 people on that. 50 times 3,000 is... So they've probably got like $42,000 in this little project. Wait, no. Is, is isn't that 150000 Whoops. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think 15 so they pulled one hundred fifty k from this. Wow. I mean, obviously they didn't profit that. Okay. Oh, of course. Business one on one. Membership membership <laughs> membership. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Wow. All right. This tell podcast is how, yeah, how you really feel. Yeah, put the, have the little E sign next to it. Sorry, everyone. For a slip of the tongue. Uh so twelve ten ounce boxes of Echelon coffee, one year's worth, shipped on a monthly basis. Twelve Onyx brew guides tailored to the Echelon kit. Baratza. X Echelon Vario Plus Grinder. Wow. Okay. Fellow times Echelon Stag Ikeji Kettle. Okay. Hario B60. Uh, Time More Black Mirror Scale. Third Wave Water Classic. Ember times Echelon Temperature Control Mug. So you get a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's like, what, $1,000 worth of gear right there? Definitely yeah. close. So you, they're saying you only get... A box a month? A box a month, yeah. So definitely, I mean, I think it's just, I don't think the idea is that you get to drink Echelon every day. Well, I feel like that's, they they probably made the, a better decision on that because I was just thinking, like, personally, I don't think I'd want to drink, like, $20 cup worth of coffee every day. Every day. Yeah. Because it's probably super intense and, like, like some of the stuff we were tasting... Yeah. Last week, that was mm-hmm. like the wine fermented kombucha, kombucha process, kombucha process, scoby process, scoby. I'm like, this is super fun, and I really want to show this off, but like, this would never be like a daily driver. Yeah, mm-hmm. guys, let's just copy them. We can do this, <laughs> you know. Onyx, if you're listening, thanks for the idea. Thanks. For- <laughs> uh, what you guys know anything about this scale? No. You guys ever seen those? I've used one. How was it? Um, I remember it being slow, mm. uh, accurate, okay, and amazing. 
kind of like indestructible looking. The the other thing was um, the buttons. You know how when you press a button, you can't tell if you're pressing it or not mm-hmm. because it's slow. So you're, and there's no like click to the button. There's no like yep. beep. That's another thing I didn't like about it. Um, but slow pour supply. If you're listening, smash like. Uh, and we are taking sponsorship deals. This I just did an ad roll for you. Yeah. I mean, Perfect. I want to I buy one after that, <laughs> after that pitch. Uh, man, you know, buttons have really made their way out, and I get it, but I, I like buttons. I, hear like, you, I like dude. a really Hot tactile bu- button. Yeah. I, I don't like the home button on the iPhone. Yeah. I didn't miss it when it was gone because I, I think swiping up is more of a natural motion yeah. than to stop and press. But whenever things have a really nice clicky button, it's nice. I agree. Smash I th- like if you agree. Smash that like button. Yep. I think I think as humans we have gotten a little more used to the touch screen because I'm pretty wary of touch screen. Mm-hmm. But now like everything has a daggum touch screen on it. Yeah. And you know we say more to break. Honestly. Yeah. 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 Hey, we're kind of talking about. Equipment. Hey, how about that? Oh, I couldn't help but notice we were talking about equipment. That's going to segue into our big topic for the day. Uh, So if you tuned in last week, you heard all about things people ask us when they're starting a coffee shop. Wow. Yes. So last week we touched on hiring and hiring philosophy, scheduling. Scheduling philosophy. Scheduling (laughs) philosophy. Separately. Philosophy. We touched on like stoicism, nihilism, nihilism, philosophy, philosophy, other, other yeah. philosophy. Yeah, the philosophy Jeez. of philosophers. Uh, and this week, Ross, I've prepared a talk. Expert Ross has, <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a lot to say. So Ross, what is number two on the list of things people ask you about? <laughs> When they're looking to start a coffee shop. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Tell what they want, Ross. <laughs> Man, no right. one will ever trust anything we say if we just keep acting like total idiots. Uh, but here it goes anyways, right? Um, so another thing people, people ask. Uh, unfortunately, people don't ask as much as I would like for them to, honestly, about this one. A lot, a lot of people like... When they're starting a cafe, we start talking to them after they've already bought some of the equipment. Um, so typically what happens if if someone doesn't know what equipment to buy, they will just research online. I'd be interested to know like what people type in. Like like type in type in your do you have Google? Uh, I could probably go download it real quick. Can you download Google and then type in Google.com into yep. that? And then, yeah, okay. I cannot tell you the last time I was on Google.com. Right. They got real simple. I live lately. on Google.com, dude. Okay, first, I'm first click, lucky. I'm feeling lucky. Um, okay, I'm feeling doodly. Anyways, so type in like best espresso machines. Coffee shop. Coffee shop. 2022. 2022, yeah. No, don't do 2022. They wouldn't do that. Okay. I know them. 
All right, Whoa. so ads, you got San Remo, La Marzocco, Linea Mini. Yeah, espresso parts. Here we go. On the Futurist Freelance Podcast, we believe freelancing is the future of life, work, and everything. So whether you're brand new to working independently or you're a seasoned pro, we'd love you to listen. Every episode unpacks new ideas on how to make your future freelance. Whether you need to achieve business minimalism, survive a solopreneur crisis, or find the right digital nomad visa and community, we've got you covered. Alongside actionable insight on everything from finding gigs to outsourcing support services, even mastering TikTok with no dancing required. Subscribe to The Futurist Freelance on your favorite podcasting app via the link in your show notes. Why don't you back up just a touch while he's scrolling through that and just say a refresher of who we're talking about. Yeah, right. So if you didn't listen to last episode, we just talk about um, in our wholesale program, people reach out to us whenever they want to use our coffee. Um, specifically, we're talking about, let's say there's a there's a coffee shop that's opening in a suburb around Atlanta and they are like, it'd be great if we could use Valor Coffee. And we're like, yeah, it would be great. Let's do it. Um, and when you use our coffee, you know, we help you out essentially with opening your cafe and mm-hmm. like training and sourcing equipment and developing your menu. All of that's kind of like included with the cost of buying coffee from us. And the thought process there is that it's a win-win for both of us. Um, if our coffee is being sold at a coffee shop, we want our coffee to be represented really well, um, which, yes, that has a lot to do with the quality of the drink, but that also has a lot to do with how efficient the bar is. And really, at the end of the day, the most important thing is like the guest experience. And so we like to look at a more like holistic approach of the business we're working with and help in any way we can. So these are like three of the main ways that people at least ask of, of our expertise on these things. Is that mm. good? That was amazing. Wow, thank you. Can I say something really quick? Yep. So anytime you go onto Google, and I'm going to say this. I'm sure a lot of you know this. I think maybe some of you don't because I, I probably only kind of really picked up on this like three or four years ago. Um, when you type in 10 best or like best something, and then you read one of those first articles, it is healthy to note everyone writing an article like this is just trying to sell something. So, you know, whenever you go on, you click on it, and there just happens to be a bunch of Amazon links. The reason that there are Amazon links is because Amazon has a, a very popular affiliate program. So you click on that, you buy something, the person who wrote the article gets a percentage of the sale. So then you have to consider, what about the products that aren't sold on Amazon? They probably didn't write about those, even if they are great or even the best, because they aren't going to get a portion of the sale. So, you know, I click on this one from Espresso Parts. Instantly, what I'm thinking in my head is if Espresso Parts doesn't sell this, it's not going to be in this article of the 10 best, eight best commercial espresso machines for 2022. Yeah. So take everything with a grain of salt. Good, Salt, good, good little ad there. This is us putting some salt 
on this conversation. Wow. So their number one best commercial machine for high volume is the La Marzocco GB5S AV2 Group. And that's just to back up even a bit more too. Like that's usually the first question, right? Is like, what espresso machine are we going to get? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of different brands out there. Um, you know, a, a great uh, place to start is your espresso machine because it has a lot to do with you how you decide. You know, the d- espresso machine that you decide to get. S- says a lot about how big your cafe is. It says a lot about how high volume your cafe is. It says a lot about like what you want your team to be like too, because if you, uh, and, and what your clientele is going to be like. So if you have a cafe in Portland where you're like, okay, we're only going to hire people that have at least two years of coffee experience. And we're only going to pull like single origin, you know, washed Ethiopian coffees on espresso just so that like we can introduce that to our like ultra hipster neighborhood, you know, um, everybody's wearing teeny beanies like summer, winter, fall, spring. The only thing beanies. that changes is the material of the teeny beanie. From yes. Season to season. Sometimes it has a like a you know a latch on the back, or mm-hmm. in my case, on the front of my head. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's you know. Anyways, so you're gonna buy a different espresso machine for that cafe than you would if you're opening in the suburbs of Georgia. Um, maybe, maybe. Uh, but anyways, there's a lot we could say on that. But why why don't we just break down this list? Yeah, so, I mean, number one, it's, you know, from the number one listing on Google, looking this up, the number one machine is pretty good. It was better than I was going to expect it to be. So, GB5, workhorse, can't go wrong with it. Very Italian, traditional look, which would make sense for them targeting a market of who who, the person that's going to look up this might be a little bit older, starting a cafe as their retirement plan. They're like, ooh, the Italian. Look at the lion. Very nice. Uh, so it makes sense. What's that? The classic GB5 is just a pretty much all manual machine, but they're promoting. I don't know what the S is. You guys know what the S is? I don't, actually. No, me neither. But, but the AV is the volumetrics, meaning that you can program recipes into your machine, um, which kind of does speak to... Oh, superior temperature control. I think maybe these just came out. Yeah, the S always just sounds new. Superior. Support. Introducing Linea Classic S. So yeah, this this S line is is pretty new for them. Um, I think it might just have something to do with temperature control. Right. So, uh, Another another huge thing with espresso machine is people are always trying to like go cheap. Mm-hmm. People always uh, and the, the cheapest machines are manual machines. Mm-hmm. So I that's that's a huge thing I always try to tell people is that yes you want you've got you're trying to do a, a skinny build out. Um, the the range and price for espresso machines is pretty big. Like you can, you can score, uh, you know, a four thousand dollar 
dual group, like two group espresso machine. Dual boiler. Dual boiler, two group. Um, you know, and that that is the same bones as this GB five. The GB five is probably what like fourteen or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially if it's if you're trying to go cheap and the espresso machine is manual, then be prepared to train your baristas as such. Um, so it's a you're saving money now, but you're spending money later in well one like wasted shots because people are going to forget to stop the shot manually and it'll you know it'll uh overflow overflow thank you um and then also just training people your your drink times will probably be longer too um which is going to cost money for you in a kind of weird way um but having a auto volumetric machine where it stops the shot for you is so huge. Mm-hmm. I think, I feel like it's usually, I could be wrong, but it tends to be like a thousand more or like a 1500 more. I would say that's it's at least in the ballpark, but so worth it for us just to be yeah. clear. Like we wouldn't consider opening a shop that didn't have volumetrics or some sort of recipe control. Yeah. We have a machine here at HQ that doesn't have volumetrics. And we were thinking of ways to save money for our next cafe. We were like, maybe we just put that machine in there, but we can't do it because of that. Yeah. And Uh, we put a really high value on training. Like we train our people on espresso and it's, we have a multi-step certification process to even be able to pull espresso or like, you know, work on our bar. So we care about that a lot. But we're still not trying to have like a manual machine. It's not like more artisan or more, you know, craft to have a manual machine. It's it's kind of just more potential for error. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could see it. Like I said, certain coffee shops, it might make sense. Like if you if you have like three different coffees on espresso and you're not like incredibly high volume, like if you and you couldn't program three different recipes, if you're if you had three different coffees on espresso, you were pulling them all differently. You know, I could see why you want to have a manual machine because you can stop the shot, you know, differently for each coffee. But that's very rare. <laughs> and uh, so and even just looking at this GB5 and I think a lot, the linea has the same thing, too. I think there's at least four recipes you can build into a an av as well um so that's not you're not just restricted to like one thing and there's the feature to just let water flow out until you stop it mm-hmm. you know yeah you got options yeah and to kind of double up on the quality side we'll probably touch on this in a second but where la marzocco is with their volumetric and scale technology yeah, you really aren't compromising quality at no. all. Uh, anyways, moving on. Their number two best luxury machine, Slayer Steam LPX. What was the first one? Like the title? So this is best luxury machine. Best. Best. The eight best commercial espresso machines. Sorry for the GB five. Oh, the best commercial machine for high volume. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, I mean. Personally, I have I think I've I've pulled a shot on this machine one time, uh, so I don't know a ton about it. 
other than that, it looks good. It feels yeah. pretty good. And I've heard that Slayer's quality has taken a pretty substantial step up in the past five or so years. Yeah. They used to be known as the expensive machines that break. Um, you know, you would see high-end cafes, get a Slayer, use it for a while, and then sell it and get a Linea. That was kind of like a, a bit there for a while. Mm-hmm. But I think they have um, they have really improved. Uh, but they are they're pricey. You know what that that bad boy runs? No, I don't. Mm. Sure, we can. Let's find see that. what Espresso Parts sells it for. Were you testing me? They sell a two group uh, with volumetrics for twenty thousand thirty five dollars. Yep. Let's see what a three group in uh, turquoise blue would run you. Was... Hey, that's really not that bad. No. Can we see Bone Beige while we're at it? Yep. Yep. For sure. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Nice. I don't like the wood accent, though. I'll be honest. Hey, we should hit that too. Like that's a, a classic question of: Do I spend my money on the grinder or do I spend my money on the espresso machine? Oh mm. yeah, you oh know? yeah. Well, you will get there when we talk. Best machine for the value: Linea. Oh, sorry, La Marzocco Linea Two Group EE. I agree, but this doesn't have volumetrics. Yep. So I would not be caught dead with this machine. I've worked on this machine uh, for years and years. <laughs> for <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> decades and decades. Uh, I worked on this machine at a previous job. And so so it does not have built-in timers. Yeah. It doesn't have volumetrics. And it it substantially decreased workflow of the output that could have been hit by that cafe. You have to start a timer we would like you know the classic kitchen timer start the timer and the Click. the clicker yeah at the same time and then you'd have to stop the shot as well right and yeah it was n- no good another reason there's a, a bent towards manual machines not only because the price is lower but also because there's a lack of education with espresso excellence for like people that are opening coffee shops a lot of times Meaning the amount of time that it takes for your espresso shot to pull is a really big indicator of how that shot's going to taste. It's not ultimate. It's not the only thing, but it is one of the main variables and pieces of data that you can notice whenever you're trying to control whether this shot was good or if it was bad. Like, am I going to serve this espresso or am I not? Um, and a lot of people don't know that uh, whenever they're opening a cafe. So the thought process is like, well, if I get this manual Linea 2 group, I'm going to press brew, and then I'm going to have my shot glass that has two ounces on it, and whenever the shot reaches two ounces, I'm going to stop the shot. Um, and there, you know, there's that's not ideal, but there's worse systems out there there's such a thing as no system which i see a lot mm-hmm. um but so like why would I, yeah so why would i need a why would i need a timer you know so um, having a timer and having volumetrics on your machine is gonna help your system be more foolproof mm. and pretty often if someone's working with us and they're building on a coffee shop i would say it's a 
much smaller percentage people that are coming from coffee or raising up in the coffee industry to their own shop, but it's more someone getting into the industry for the first time. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. So when I think about myself buying equipment for the cafe, you have like a couple things in your mind, not coffee equipment, I'm just talking about something else. Like I really want a beverage air refrigerator. I'm not thinking about like anything else besides price and name. So like I could think about someone who's starting a coffee company and they're like, okay, I've been told that La Marzocco is the good brand. So I'm just going to look for price and La Marzocco. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like that would lead a lot of people here. Yep. Because if you go up to GB5, the AV, could you check the price on that? So yeah, so so this was what eleven six. Yeah, it was like eleven six. Uh, GB five. This is if you're just buying it straight off of espresso parts, which you know, it's just like you can it. get it through a tech, and it might be cheaper. So twenty two from espresso parts. I I I'm, I'm almost positive you could get this machine for cheaper if you went like, if you were like buying it through us and Brownies. Totally, but it's just like if I'm a sorry if I'm wrong about that, Caleb. I love you. Love you, Caleb. <laughs> Sorry we just get, made you give a discount, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, we can get it down, like, what, to 11? Yeah, 10. Caleb's really <laughs> lenient with his prices. <laughs> Thanks, Caleb. <laughs> um, but it's like, if I'm that person, I'm like, okay, I know I'm supposed to get a La Marzocco. Should I spend $11,000 or $22,000? Yep. I'm like, oh, well, I'm getting the $11,000 yeah. one. So maybe we can, we've hit on the AV thing pretty well. It's like, that would be another thing I would have in your head as far as like if you're trying to just run a traditional coffee shop. If you're doing like a clothing store and you have an espresso machine in there, I was like, yeah, you you could totally get a manual and you'll be fine. Heck, I'd get a one group or a single group at that because another thing that we could talk about too, and it seems like most of these are talking about two group machines, but a huge... Uh, like thing that makes you go faster. I'm, I'm blanking on the word is like, just because you're in a busier area, doesn't mean you need a four group machine. You should just probably get more porta filters. Mm -hmm. um, so I, with all these, I was like, I don't think anyone, I don't know if I would ever suggest a three or four group to, to most people. I don't know if you've done that or felt otherwise, mm. but I, I don't regret having a three group machine we're doing it again we're doing it again and because i think we need to because mm -hmm. we're just pretty high volume and that's the way we've like built our systems yeah yeah i agreed um let's just kind of breeze through the rest of this real quick best machine for a small space ask as caso baby t plus never heard of it looks kind of cool maybe it is I have, I have no clue uh if I was if I was writing this list, I would put a GS3 on yeah. here. We we I don't think we ever made this correction. I think someone wrote in and told us about this, but what on our coffee cart podcast, like everything we know about starting a coffee cart, mm -hmm. we said that if you buy a GS3, you need to replace the steam wand. Uh I think we cuz it come it used to come with a cool touch steam wand that sucked mm -hmm. for high volume. Like you would steam two lattes and then your machine would be down for 10 minutes. Um, the recovery time was really bad. So you had to like, what we did is we buy, we buy, wow. We bought a, uh, a non cool touch steam one that kept up a lot faster. 
someone wrote in and said they updated it and that's not the case anymore. The cool touch steam wand keeps up just as well as the non cool touch steam wand mm-hmm. that we upgraded to. We bought one and that is true. Bought a new GS3. We bought a yeah, we bought a new GS3 with the cool touch steam wand and it does keep up. So and it's cool touch. Yeah. So oh, yes, I agree. I would I would recommend that too. Great. Uh but maybe this is good. I don't know. Can't speak to that. Best machine for drive through. Is it Rancilio or Rancilio? I've I've heard it both ways. Not sure. I I don't know if the Italians use the chill okay. or anything else. I'd say Rancilio myself. Rancilio Class A 7 USB tall. I have no clue what this is, but I promise you this is not the best machine for a drive through. I would say I feel like this is something we'd all disagree. Yeah. They yeah. I I can just about guarantee that espresso parts doesn't carry Eversys. Right. And if you're starting a drive through, you should buy an Eversys. Eversys is yeah. a a newer manufacturer of super automatic machines, so it does interior interior grinding, tamping, steaming, anything you want it to, and it's excellent. Like it's we've had a lot of drinks from an Eversys, and it's pretty it's pretty close if not the same as what a barista could make yeah a lot of people are just a quick a quick little segment on eversys um we we have recently just like at least for me i've just been so excited about eversys in the last year being introduced to their products um our good friends at brawny's coffee tech coffee service i I don't know what their official name is brawny's we'll call them brawny's (laughs) uh yeah they're, they're our equipment partner in it, down in Atlanta. And they uh, Mark from Eversys brought a demo model over to their shop, and we went and played with it. And um, we were just amazed by how great the espresso was. Um, there's different layouts. Like, you can press espresso, and it'll give you an espresso. There's You can press cappuccino, and it will just spit out a cappuccino out of... You can just leave the cup there, and then it will suddenly have a cappuccino in it. There's models where you can uh, press espresso, and then the espresso will come out, and then you can manually steam the milk. Um, so there's varying degrees and levels of how automated or manual the machine is, um, specifically as it relates to milk. But uh, I people are generally turned off by the Eversys when they're starting a cafe because the uh, the perception from a customer when they walk up to us if, if they order a cappuccino and they see it made on a but like a you know a machine where you just press a button and out pops a cappuccino the perception is that that's not going to be as good it's not handmade you shouldn't charge 375 for it um, there's not like an artisan craft like human side of it Um and I understand that. I get that. I would be interested to hear what you guys' thoughts are there. Uh, but if you're just purely looking at... Because the the point you bring up, Ethan, of like, who are these people that are starting coffee shops? A lot of times, definitely the majority of the time, it's people that either have never worked in coffee or uh, they worked at Starbucks for five years whatever Mm -hmm. and they're trying to open like a more specialty cafe 
um, or they've like they've been a barista at a at a you know kind of second and a half wave shop for a little while, and they're planning on hiring a manager that knows a lot more about coffee. Um, so like when I look at that, I'm just like Eversys. If you're trying to have the best, most consistent product, but like I, I would just get an Eversys if I was, and you know, there's pros and cons to it. The pros is everything I just said. The con is like, yeah, there could be some people might think less of you because you didn't pull the shot by hand. You didn't steam the milk by hand. Um, but yeah, what do you guys, do you have any thoughts there? Yeah, I will say that we will have a concept with an Eversys in it in the future at some point. Are you prophesying? Oh, my gosh. Uh, if it's a drive-through or something, we've talked about having like a, you know, Eversys in the drive-through and then something else inside. Yeah. It's like different stations because really with an Eversys, I mean, especially in a, I think in some drive-through formats, one person could handle the volume. Mm-hmm. And that would be sick. Uh, but... You know, we're opening a new cafe, and we love Eversys, but we're not putting an Eversys in it. Uh, and I think the explanation for that is that, one, they aren't sexy. It's really not aesthetically pleasing at all. Uh, Especially compared to what, yeah, what we're getting. You know? Exactly. Um, so, you know, I think yeah. we've had conversations <laughs> in the past of, like, should we put an Eversys in the back at 44 Milton whenever volume gets crazy and we can just go back there and, like, crush some drinks? Yeah. Uh, or I don't know, we could do some sort of like mobile ordering Chipotle, uh, secondary bar situation. Ox bar. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think that is the pretty much the only reason for me is the aesthetic of it Mm. is not good. It looks like a cheaper, super automatic machine, even from the back. Yeah. That, that inspiration came from. One time, uh, I don't remember like who was there. I just remember I was at Golden Eagle. The, the Golden Eagle doesn't exist anymore, does it? Nope. Muchacha. Golden Eagle used to be a bar in Atlanta. Um, it's now called Muchacho. I think it's the same owner's management. Anyways, they have uh, a, a bar, I think, with like two or three wells in it for cocktails. And when you order a cocktail, a lot of times your cocktail doesn't come from those visible wells like the the bartenders you see behind the bar. It comes from a service bar, which is uh, either off to the side or I can't remember if it was in the kitchen. or yeah, I think it was in the kitchen, right? It It's like a horseshoe. So it's like a big U where the bar came out. And then at the ends, there were just two like... Oh. Plateaus, yeah, that's right. And there was two service bars there. Mm. And it was like one was right next to a door and one was in the corner. Okay. Right. So and it was dark. A lot of benefits there. Those those bartenders don't have to talk to any customers, which may seem, seem insensitive or non-empathetic or blah, blah, blah. But that's going to help customers get their drink faster. And the people that are on the point bar can be more you know, like classic bartender talking to people. Um, they're still ripping too. Like a great bartender is going to be able to talk and make drinks. But yeah, I, the people visibly were just serving the people sitting at the bar. I don't know if you said that. Right. But that's kind of what we talked about. If we ever had a 
a different kind of space, like a, either a big enough space or some sort of split where like if you came up and ordered and you were hanging out in the space, we would turn to the regular machine and make it right there for you. Or if you're like either getting something to go or if there was some sort of drive through, there was just like another area where you could get out drinks a lot faster. Mm. Huh. Interesting stuff. Really talking about espresso machines right now. Uh, anyways, keep it moving. Best machine for baristas, La Marzocco KB90 AV. Uh, I mean, I I'm, they're saying this because of the straight end portafilters that don't hurt your wrists after a long time. The new design reduces the physical strain on a barista by 12 times and helps to mitigate repetitive motion injuries. If you care about your employees. If you care about repetitive motion injuries, click here. <laughs> Which is just like, whatever. Who's hurting themselves locking uh, in a port of filter? Uh, and then they have best machine for retailers wanting to add coffee service. Uh, again, Eversys. It's Eversys. Uh, best machine for the office. As Casos Steel Duo and and, and get, just get both. As Casos Baby T Plus. <laughs> um, again, sure, whatever. It's a it's a it's a GS three for me, but uh, actually, that, for that, the office, no, it's not. It's an Eversys. But if you were wanting to like ball out, but well, um, you got to take in. Mini. You got to take into effect uh, or account rather uh, price. Like, I wonder how much that that uh, machine is. Yeah, there so is. that is like a, a fourth of what a GS3 is. So I, I understand where they're coming from there. I don't know if that, is, that machine's any good, but... Well, if you were going to step up to this one, then get the get a Lineate Mini, yes, you know? for sure. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe this machine is just incredible, and... Let's just buy it. If just it six. is, yeah, okay, add to cart. Bought, it's done, purchased. That's not how the cart works, Big T. That's how I mean. I have such a, like a direct relationship with espresso parts. You just add it to the cart, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, they he- see that I add it to the cart. They just go ahead and ship it out." Oh, yep. Shipping notification. Here it is. Oh wow! On your really? Apple Watch. Yeah, dude, you're so optimized. You're integrated. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you know about this machine and that it's good, then go ahead and smash like, and then <laughs> and then comment and tell us about it. Dude, the smash like bit will never get old for me. I know it. everyone else hates it that's listening, but it's really funny. If you like the smash like bit, the smash <laughs> like. All uh, right. Enough <laughs> Enough about the espresso machine. Okay. Maybe we just kind of, in, in summary, what is our espresso machine recommendation? Our, you know, three machines for three different scenarios. Yeah. Um, I, it, let's, let's say there's just a cafe that's opening. They're just going to be like the, the neighborhood coffee shop. There's not a ton of specialty coffee around. If Valor Alpharetta was opening and yeah. you were consulting them, what would yeah. you recommend? Well, if I knew it was going <laughs> to be as freaking high volume as it is, yeah. uh, I would say get a three group. And, and we were on a skinny build out back mm-hmm. in those days. I would, I would probably do like a three group Linea AV or like a three group GB5 a- AV. Yeah. And just to be clear, we have a Keys Vander Weston Spirit triplet. Yeah. In our first cafe, the reason being that it looked sexy. It had bells and whistles, and we found it on Craigslist for eight thousand dollars. Yeah, but it's like thirty thousand. Yeah. It's a nice machine. It's been treating us pretty well. It's from twenty fourteen, so it's got starting to get that 
that age on it, I feel like. I bet it won't be in there in five years. Call me in a year. <laughs> I mean, speaking of the volumetrics, one of the volumetrics is giving me a little trouble now. And I'm like, I wonder just with all that heat, you know, all the wiring and yeah. stuff. I'm like, it's got to just wear out. Eventually. Another case in point, like another huge thing to consider with your espresso machine purchase and your your equipment purchase in general. If you're local to us and you're starting a cafe, talk to us about what espresso machine, what grinder to get. We can get grinders at cost for you. Um, and then for espresso machines, uh, we can kind of make the decision together along with uh, our like our coffee tech partners. And buy your buy your machines through a small guy. Like buy your machines through, even if you're not in Atlanta. Um, reach out to us, and we will connect you to whatever coffee tech person is in your area. Buy we know your, all of them in yeah. every city. <laughs> we don't got but, them on speed dial, but we could easily know like what what coffee tech uh, to buy your machine through wherever you are. Um. And that's just going to support that business more instead of buying it through espresso parts. Uh, and you're going to have a relationship with them where you can have a you know a preventative maintenance schedule, which is really important for espresso machines. It's not optional. It's mandatory. Uh, and Whoa. you're not going to get that if you, if you buy your machine through uh, just online. So mm-hmm. um, that's a really big one. Uh, another thing to, to ask, like for our Keys Vanderwesten spirit, the it's a Dutch company. Uh, and so the support for those machines isn't readily available. Parts aren't readily available. And so when something breaks, it's a little bit more of a headache to get it resolved. Whereas with La Marzocco, um, our good friend David Lamont, you know, like he, he they have a local salesperson, a local tech person. Um, parts are easily available so just one more thing to make your life easier while you're trying to run a cafe and like train people and do the books and all that so back to it you would recommend for a high volume situation a three group linea or gb5 av yeah if the budget was higher i would get into those the auto auto brew ratio Brew ratio, yeah. So ABR, ABR. That's ABR just when you, you have these scales in the drip tray, and it it's just a more advanced version of volumetrics because it's by weight, not by volume. Yeah, and that's another thing we do is we we do tiered pricing. So like if if you reach out to us and you say we're trying to start this cafe, um, we'll give you three tiers of like you know a whole spreadsheet with all of our recommended uh, equipment that you should get down to the scales, down to the tamper down to the espresso machine the grinder and there's sort of like a premium uh let's say like a you know a medallion like a uh, silver no what's the platinum word? platinum platinum gold bronze mm-hmm. package if you will yeah and i think i think there's a part of it that's just aesthetic at a point it, you know i mean i know that they're technically a different build-up but you know I would personally recommend for high volume wanting to spend a lot of money, I might recommend a mod bar with ABR. And that's what I think we will probably put in 44 Milton when we take the keys out. Uh, I would I would regret if I didn't say this. I, my favorite machine is the La Marzocco Strata. 
uh, I think it just looks way better, but it has um, open group heads. So for something, it's a li- these are a little uh, nuanced or niche things, but just being able to see everything a lot more clearly instead of having to like duck low yeah. for your espresso mm-hmm. machine That's or big. or raising up your espresso machine so you can see it more head on, but then you're doing all of your motions up here like a crazy person. Um, and then I really, really like the steam ones on a Strata or a open machine like that that are a lot longer. Um, it helps with ghosting a lot better, better efficiency there. And then um, the switches are just a lot easier than like the linear knobs. So uh, true. So just like a little quirky things. And the drip tray is a lot higher. So you can put stuff. You can adjust drip, it. You can adjust your drip tray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if I was doing the platinum plan, I'd either go mod bar or like a, a nice ABR Strata. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, heck, try. I feel like a Slayer now. The Slayers now are probably really synonymous with a Strata now, if I had to guess, with how their quality is boosted. Mm-hmm. Um, Still just that, uh, you know, regional support probably as the limiting factor mm-hmm. compared to La Marzocco, which is the best. Totally. Uh, and so, yeah, Platinum, Strata, or Modbar, either of which have ABR uh, scales, Tech. drip tray. Yeah. Uh, a step down from there would probably be a Linea or a GB5 with volumetrics. How about a cheap plan under 10K? I, I would say look for a used Linea with volumetrics. You can get those in that range sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's a very popular machine, so they're on the market a good bit of people you know, cycling in and out of business or whatever. Uh, any other recommendation there? Well, on that note, if you're wondering, how do I get a used espresso machine, talk to your coffee tech in your area mm. um, because they're, they're going to see... They're, they probably have machines on their bench right now that they're working on that they're rebuilding or whatever that they could sell you. Maybe. I don't know. With a tech plan. Yeah, with a tech plan. So that's that would be one way to, to save cash. Um, I have heard, I'll just throw this in here. If you research used espresso machines online, there's going to be a lot of them that are from Australia. Don't buy them. Hmm. I'll leave it there. Why? I don't know. But someone that really, really knew what they were talking about told me that, and I was like, "Yes, sir." I think maybe it's it's there's the water is so hard or something. There could be a, I think what it is is there is a company in Australia that sells used espresso machines, and they sort of like have a a big market share of that, Um, and it's maybe just on certain websites. But I've just heard to not deal with them. Do not engage. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Fallback. Um, so you're talking used linea, and then maybe even below that, if you're like going to be in a slower area, or if coffee's a part of something, I think our, my split answer would be like depending on what it is, Eversys. But how much is Eversys like? It's six? it's like twenty k. So forget about that. GS three by three porta filters mm-hmm. because we were able to do. You know, I'm sure saying the number of drinks would be more helpful, but 
I just thought about money. I think we could do like fifteen to eighteen hundred dollars a day as a coffee shop with the GS3. It wasn't pretty sometimes. No. But if you're starting and you get to that point, then you can just buy another GS3 or sell it and get something bigger. Yeah. And it's not like we had 100 people doing it too. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have to like up the manpower. Yep. We could do it with two people. You could mm-hmm. do a $1,800 day with two people. It sucked a little bit. But honestly, there was a huge perk to proximity because if you have yeah. such a smaller machine even like a two group or a, a single group you can have your grinder so close that like you're just not moving and you're very locked in and what we could do at this space the pop-up was that i could take orders and make espresso at the same time without making it seem like i wasn't giving the guest like the the respect that mm-hmm. they deserved the smaller the machine, the higher the skill of the barista, though. That's necessary. Like, like efficiency? Yeah. We were only able to do that because we were really good. And, like, we had just been doing that for a while. You know, like, if you if you were trying to buy, like, a single group uh, machine, then the, you know, the coarse way to say it is, like, you better be good. <laughs> like, you better be really good at mm-hmm. at being efficient and getting the most out of that small machine. Just pulling up a random Saturday from 2019. 13.12 was the sales. How many drinks? Uh, Category sales. For listeners, we're looking at our square. 278 drinks. In how many hours? Uh, What were hours? Eight to five. So nine hours. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, the drop off. We did not have an afternoon crowd. If yeah. you, I wonder what how many drinks we could make in an hour. It'd be yeah. like two hundred four. Mm. Math. Like, It'd be like two hundred and twenty five divided by four. Yeah. So roughly fifty six a drink a minute. Yeah. Which is great. A drink a for minute for a single yeah. group machine. Um. So yeah, that's the that's the next year down, uh, and then if you're looking at something super automated, a drive-through scenario, Eversys. So yeah. we are La Marzocco and Eversys stands. Yeah, and this is our podcast, so we can say whatever we want. It'll be yeah. interesting to see how things develop over time, you know, because I think we'll. I feel like we're going to have to talk about this another time, if I had to guess about equipment, but like we've stuck with some companies and things have changed you know so i don't think we've like put our feet on la marzocco ground and like no matter what happens we're not changing um but they've just been consistent to Mm -hmm. us not that and and we've worked with them kind of in different ways uh i feel like a part of what we just said i'd also want to hit maybe in a, a kind way but like what what might someone who we're talking to what might be some of the other options that they're considering that we would say, eh, maybe don't like Nuova Simonelli comes to mind, like a two group Simonelli is probably like seven or eight grand. Right. Mm-hmm. In our experience, which is limited, we're not like techs, but it seems like they have had a lot of problems and you're going to, you're going to pay more over time pretty quickly in, in trouble as far as things breaking and whatnot. I know you, you've probably had the most experience talking to techs about 
machines that are kind of poo-poo. Um, care to weigh in about about that kind of question? I I actually don't have a ton of info on some of these because there's there's sort of like two two different schools in these new machines. I feel like there's like FEMA has been doing a lot of new looking cool stuff. You know, like pull, can you pull up a FEMA? Mm-hmm. Um, these things just look super cool. Um, I don't know. It, <laughs> this is very uh, this is very old man. But like when I see uh, just a machine that looks very digital and it just scares me. Um, I need this thing is going to get literally beat, beat to heck. heck uh, like when's that screen going to get busted? Yeah, from a like, porta filter. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, that president president GTI. that E sixty one is hot though. Yeah, they're all super hot. Um, so is it a two group the E sixty one? Yeah, yeah. My best advice is. Uh, talk to your local tech about what to get Um, because on well I say that but also that if the your local tech is not an honorable person they're gonna sell you something that's gonna break so that they can work on it and make money from you (laughs) or whatever they have the best markup on right Um, but I mean, but they're I, they're probably good. They're probably honorable. They're probably great 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 people. Yeah. yeah. If you're working in coffee tech, I doubt you're like doing it to make a ton of money. <laughs> True. Maybe. Coffee's just not a super lucrative industry in general. Yeah. That's why we started a podcast. Because <laughs> the podcast, podcast industry is like it's so easy. Yeah. I mean, look know? at Joe Rogan. It's yeah. undersaturated. I mean, he's loaded. And we've only got a few less listeners than him. Right. Uh yeah, so bells and whistles break good point yeah bells and whistles break like that's why i love la marzocco it's it's a rugged build uh but there's enough features and enough technology to where uh it it can provide that convenience and that efficiency um and if you're thinking about like your guests and what you're trying to show to your community like La Marzocco just has head and shoulders above higher respect. So, like, it is, it's a little, uh, it's a little like lame, but people really do when they're looking at a shop, just go to Google Images and kind of see what gear they're working with. Yeah. And it's like, is this place, does it, do they look like they make good coffee? You have to go and drink it to see if they actually do make good coffee. But, a lot of times I think people can kind of formulate a an expectation or a guess pretty accurately based on the, the equipment that people have. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so if someone sees a not super sexy but a linea, they're like, well, yeah, could be. It the the floor is already pretty high, mm. basically. Yeah, I've been I've definitely been deterred if I just like Google somewhere or like Google like a coffee coffee shops of the area I'm going to. If I see a place that has a two group seven thousand dollar Simonelli, and then another place with a two group linea. I'm going to the place with the two group linea. Yeah, unless they're just serving char, but you know, right? We got char. I think we've said enough on espresso machines for now. Let's keep it moving, y'all. Well, when you look up best espresso grinders coffee shop on Google, you have coffee shops and you have Valor Coffee. 
How about that? How about it? We we are the best espresso grinders. And then the the thing underneath says probably best espresso in Atlanta. <laughs> probably. Thank you to whoever you are that said that. You could find out. I would have to agree. Gosh, I can't believe we have over 500 reviews. That's nuts. People are talking. 500 reviews. In a pretty short amount of time. Yeah. I guess it's like five years. Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, the first thing that comes up is Majesty Coffee. Let's do it. Majesty. All right, I'm going to have some things to say about this, y'all. Oh, boy. Uh Uh-oh. If you follow me on Instagram, you already saw this rant from last week. Well, let's talk about just before we get into brands and the specifics. Like, what are what are we looking for in an espresso grinder? Well, this is the good time to say this: your grinder is more important than your espresso machine. True or false for you boys? True. Mm. <laughs> well, what's the reason I'm having a hard time with this is. When you ask that question of which, because you're asking, what sh- what should you ball out on, or, or what should you skimp on a little yeah. bit? Um, I am a little scarred because we just balled out on the grinder, but it yeah, wasn't, for it, sure, it wasn't, uh, it didn't return the the level of ball out that we balled right. out on, um, and so. If the question is like, do you want your espresso machine to be more consistent or your grinder to be more consistent? Um, I would, I would say, I think I would say both. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to say like, all right, leave, leave your dimes for your espresso machine and then leave your dollars for your grinder. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, I think there's a happy medium. Yeah. Personally. I would also say against what I said, but it's just a, a point. It's a lot easier to upgrade your grinder later because it's something you just True. unplug. And and they're cheaper than espresso machines. Versus like, all right, we're going to start with this machine and we'll swap it out. It's like you're not really going to swap out your machines like ever mm-hmm. unless it breaks because it's just the plumbing, the electrical. It's like pretty tied into your area. Yeah. Um, but when I think about like at the end of the day, most of the machines you buy, especially if you buy them new, are going to be able to push out hot water decently consistently. Decently consistently. Um, and I think a lot of the grinders, if you buy today, there's probably a lot that can't grind consistently and in the similar temperature. Especially at high volume. Especially at high volume. And especially, like, it again, it always just goes back to who are you? How skilled are you? When I say you, I mean the cafe owner, the purchaser. Are you going to do a weekly cleaning r- routine on this grinder? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not, that's going to, if if you're just, you know, like, oh, I, I can't commit to that. That's going to inform your grinder decision. Um. Are you going to train your employees and baristas to troubleshoot uh, whenever the grinder is malfunctioning? If you're not, that's going to inform the the grinder decision. So I think it has. There's not a black and white answer. It just depends on, like, when someone asks me that question, I always ask questions. I'm not just like, this is the answer. Yeah, uh, I think a comparison with the happy medium thing is uh, y- there's so many different 
you know, industries that this applies to. Uh, for one that resonates with me is is if you have a $500 camera with a $2,000 lens versus a $2,000 camera with a $500 lens, the lens, the, the expensive lens, cheap camera body beats the cheap lens, expensive camera body. Mm. That's kind of how I feel about this. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, the better uh, way to approach this because of the law of diminishing returns is to buy the like $1,000 camera with the $1,000 lens. Yeah. A good way to look at it is like, okay, like if someone reaches out to us and they're like, okay, I have $20,000 for my grinder and my espresso machine. What do I do? Yeah. We wouldn't be like, get this $20,000 espresso machine and get a $500 grinder. Yeah. We would be like, get this, you know, $16,000 one with the, this grinder, which our world has kind of been turned turned upside down with that. Uh, for, yeah, for the moment, it, we'll see what changes. But yeah, yeah, so let's just scroll through here real quick. It's talking all about burrs, flat burr versus con- conical burr. Uh, I don't think we really have to get into that too much. Do you guys have anything to say on that? Well, we're talking specifically about cafes, right? So mm-hmm. it, I, I imagine it's saying a lot of those things about like home, yeah, baristas. If if we're talking about cafes. We're looking for flat burr, right? We're not messing with like conical burrs. And if you don't know conical, you know, it's just like a a cone-shaped burr with another burr that kind of wraps around it. The coffee passes through depending on how fine or coarse it is. Flat burrs, you have two flat burrs that, uh, you know, you can adjust them depending on how fine or coarse. So any pretty much unless there's technology I don't know about, which there often is technology I don't know about. Um, just flat burrs is definitely a good place to start for a cafe. Yeah. So instantly I see on this a reminder, majesty coffee is trying to sell all these products. Uh, and we're going to stay in this article cause it was the first one when we Googled it, but this is an outdated article because it doesn't have an updated product line on it. So their best commercial espresso grinder is the Malconig Peak, which we own. We have used extensively. Yep. Um, and I would things I would say about it. It worked for years. Uh, it didn't work how we wanted it to. And it's kind of outdated. But, I mean, I don't know. Can you... How would you compare the Peak to our newest expensive espresso grinder that has been terrible? Which would you prefer if you had to choose? If I had to choose... Our newest espresso grinder is the replacement for this grinder in Malconic's product line. It's called the Malconic E80. It's about $3,000, right? 3K? You have to pull up a price. I don't remember. It's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, the the thing that really bummed me out about both of them is a similar problem in that you couldn't get to the guts easily. When it when the peak really kicked the bucket for us, probably three years into operating, maybe two and a half, which is a pretty crappy time frame, to be honest, if you're spending like, nearly $3,000 and you're only getting like two plus yep. years out of it. 
I would, I would call that a lose, mm-hmm. uh, personally. Um, but yeah, we ran into this really lame problem where the head wouldn't come off, um, due to like the burr, the top burr getting stuck. Um, but this thing, we had like power issues with it too. Like this, we had to, we had to, uh, switch out the switch twice, like where you press it to get coffee. So the anxiety that builds in a cafe when you go to grind coffee and just nothing happens and like, it'll like sporadically happen. You have to like slam the porta filter into the switch. And I'm sure that just makes it worse, but just what you do as a human when something's not working, um, <laughs> do the same thing, expecting different results. Well, think about us being stressed about that. Whenever we have backup grinders at our HQ, now think about someone who's opening a cafe on a skinny budget and doesn't have anything else. Yeah, right. To fall back on, and they're like in a small town in rural Georgia. Yeah, like I have n- nothing. Yep, There's nothing quite like when you have a problem and you can think of a backup plan. But when you have a problem and you're like, I have nothing else to grind coffee. What am I gonna do? Smash up with a mallet? You know, <laughs> like this is my one yeah. option. Um, anyways, but yeah, the peak definitely, another really lame thing about it was that it just like got way worse over time as far as like performance, grind quality, powder, like how powdery it was versus how clumpy it was. And then yeah, slower, like no joke took eight or nine seconds. Mm -hmm. You had to just adjust the clock longer and longer as the years went on. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... I mean, for two years, that's pretty pretty sad. Yep. Yeah, and I think that... It, okay, so we had all that with this. This is the grinder that we recently purchased for our cafe, and we thought was going to be our future. The creme de la creme. Because it is marketed as the best you can get. Uh, the Malconig E80 Supreme. Back to the whole price conversation. Like, if you just... If you make a product and you're like, we are going to price this thing at the top of the market, you're going to attract people like us who we're not, we're not like rich or something, but we have had a cafe for a while that's busy and we want to invest. We want to get the best thing we can get for the cafe because the cafe is, is, you know, ticking. So like you're going to attract people like us that want to get the best thing. Um, and then to, I don't want to just like totally destroy Malconig's name or the E80, but I do want to I do. be honest. <laughs> I want to be honest about our experience because that, that happened and it's worth sharing. Yeah. Well, and being honest too about what we have found to really enjoy is an affiliate of Malconig. Mm-hmm. So there's, we're still like in still giving their parent company money. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just, let's just press in about the issues with this grinder. Let's, I'll say the things that it does well when it works well, it's made the best espresso I've ever had. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. It just pulled our coffee perfectly. Faster than record time. Yeah. Yeah. Faster than any grinds. And what was it? Three, three seconds. 2.5. 2.5. 2.5 seconds for 18 and a half grams. And the peak later on in its life was like literally eight. 
seconds. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, if you're not in coffee, you're like, what's seven seconds? But it's like, what's seven seconds 500 times a day? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of seconds. That's I mean, like I, seven times 500. Yeah, I could do the math, but I'm not. I'm not going to do yeah, it. Totally. You don't Just, even have to. Yeah, so it did that. It, it was a great grinder. The huge problem with it is that it has to be deep cleaned every two days. <laughs> and that is just completely unrealistic for normal baristas closing who are yeah. just like, you know, they just got this job two months ago and they have to take the lid off, which is nearly impossible. That's that's the biggie is that there is a there's a manufacturing error right now. There's got to be that makes you the lid locks on and you unscrew two set screws and that's what's like lifted up from that locking mechanism so that you can unlock it and it will not go up and out um you have to put either two screwdrivers in and just like (laughs) really really rip on it and really feel like you're ripping this thing apart and probably like right when you think you're just gonna throw it in the dumpster or give up like something finally gives on yeah. your last last go yeah and the what happens is the the like how you notice it is that coffee starts spraying out of the right side of that chute there so you're when trying it needs to, to be cleaned yeah yeah mm-hmm. so like and it's funny enough i worked on bar one day a week for a season like a couple months ago and every every time i worked on bar this would happen because that just the timing of it, I guess, was like perfectly synced. So every time I worked on bar, the coffee would start spraying out of the right side of the chute. I'd be like, goodness gracious. And it's like we have a line and we need espresso. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, okay, this needs to be cleaned. I wish it didn't need to be cleaned as much, but hey, let's, you know, let's clean it. And then for it to just like, you have to literally use all of your strength to rip this thing apart and tools to clean it isn't to just like run a brush up the chute and wipe off the clump crusher or it's not just to take off the hopper and put a vacuum and get all the beans out it's to take the hopper off take the lid off take the uh the like measuring plate off take the top burr off use a very large screwdriver and another screwdriver to take the bottom burr off the burr carrier the burr carrier off and then to get into that and clean the bottom side of the bottom burr is that's the that's the tension point that causes it to spray and you're just like i i can't do that two yeah. times a day when i can like barely get the lid off yeah people are walking in the door demanding their espresso and we're like sorry we we bought a grinder at the top of the line we got to clean it like sorry guys yeah i Uh, right (laughs) beyond all this the the thing that just gets under my skin the most tell us is that malconig acts like this is by design or something they offer no solution to the problem i'm not even talking about our points of contact because we aren't talking to the the company in germany or anything we're talking to our you know local or or more local uh you know supplier who sees these issues as well. I'm not going to say who yeah. they are. And they're here. like, I know. Yeah. And so we we see that they're just like, they offer no solutions. They act as if it's by design. 
They act as if it's okay that you have to clean it every two days. And they aren't even like finding a solution for this. They're just like building onto this product line. Like they just released a version of this that has built-in scales that grinds by weight, uh, similar to the espresso machines we were talking about. And it's like the exact same build. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you think that this is like okay, clearly. Um, and it's not. And you're charging $3,500 for, I mean, that that thing is probably $4,000 um, for a product that is just bad. <laughs> it's just not, it's, yeah. it's not okay. It makes you want to zoom out a little bit and be like, maybe when it comes to coffee tech, and I feel like we're taking this stance a little bit, it's like, I never want to just buy the new thing. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. I want other people to buy the new thing, and I want the manufacturers to fix what was wrong about the ideal new thing. Because the, the ideal of this was amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's always it was awesome. It. it was great. And it, like, kept really good temperature, like, all day through the whole rush, like, really consistent dosing. And then this, like, these really small, stupid problems that they didn't plan for. it. It's not like, oh... Yeah, this is gonna happen, and that's fine. But I'm like, they probably just made a bunch of these grinders, found all these problems, and they're like, whoa, we gotta just sell them and yeah. get this over with. And I'm like, man, I hope, I hope in a couple of years you figure it out, fix your damn lid. Yeah. yeah, fix the lid. Well, you're you're paying a lot of money for these features that like give you more consistency and more efficiency. So like. This grinder, it literally measures down to the, I don't know if it's a micron. Or, I think it's like 0.001 millimeter, whatever that measurement is, mm-hmm. down to that, uh, like maybe thousandth millimeter, like how close the burrs are, which tells you how fine or coarse it is. And you can literally have presets in there of like preset one, preset two, preset three, you know, I want this preset to have this amount of closest on the burrs. Like I said, it, it grinds in 2.5 seconds. Um, so you're doing all these things to invest in consist. Oh, and the temperature control. That's a big thing with grinders is they are they're They overheat or they're too cool. And so you invest in all these things and then it's all for nothing because the lid won't come off. And right. it's a systemic issue. Like, even, yeah, even if they released a retrofit of a replacement lid for $100, I think we would buy it and oh, just yeah. roll with it. Uh, I mean, realistically, in my heart, I think there should be a, a total recall. and Like the movie. And they <laughs> should send a replacement lid to everyone because it's trash. Because we then, got a replacement lid, and it, no, it was just the same lid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I wonder, yep, yep, yep. hey, hit us up if you have one of these and it works really well. I wonder, like, sometimes does it just work and sometimes it just doesn't work? Making stuff's crazy. Yeah, I, crazy I, I will say I made that an Instagram rant about this uh, about a week ago, and every coffee person that responded to me had was like, yeah, agreed. Like, I've worked with this and it's terrible. Wow. Um, Again, back to the whole old man philosophy that we had on the last segment of like the more touch screens, the more digital things with coffee equipment, you're just working with like oily coffee and like baristas that aren't trained for Mm -hmm. equipment maintenance. Just get something rugged, mechanical, 
and you know get as many features as you can with being convenient but with not like you know getting too futuristic like this kind of stuff yeah one of our wholesale accounts has the e65 grind by no just the normal e65 and he's had issues yeah with it as well the same spring um, issue well I totally agree with that sentiment, but what's funny is the problems that he has, we've had, are not the touchscreen. It's yeah, not like true. grind by weight or like the temperature control that it like yeah. gets really hot. Okay, the peak got super hot. I that's totally true. forgot about that. That it was like lava coming yeah. out. Uh, but the, so the stuff that was <laughs> what that was my punchline. Did you break? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, the problems were, like, the freaking uh, clump crusher is just, like, a piece of rubber, right? And that coffee gets under the burr and that the, like, screws on a lid don't work right. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of goofy to me. They made yeah. good features and then forgot to, like, do the nuts and bolts well. Yeah, super bummer. But yeah. I know we want to go back to this list, but just as a... Do we want to say what we really like right now? Uh, Let's see if it's on the list. Yeah, we'll see if it's on here. I bet we'll be able to breeze through the rest of this. Um, Okay, then they just have the K30, which is just a, and again, old product, worse than the peak. So super loud. Super loud, super slow. Not sold anymore, if I'm not mistaken. You can probably find, I bet there are a ton used. Anytime I look for used grinders, I see these guys. Yeah. Um, And I, if it was the right price, I'd I'd buy. If I was in a pinch and it was like someone for like six hundred bucks, sure. Yeah, yeah. it like kind of sucks, but it it does it. Yeah, we yeah. never we never had like severe issues with the K thirty. No, I don't think we ever had it worked on. We just it was just really loud and like pretty good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, take that for what for it is. sure. I mean, I guess if I wonder what I would choose between these two, I'd probably get the K thirty because you could get it cheaper. Yeah, the peak, the peak was supposed to be a get lot... A twin, K30 twin. The peak was supposed to be a lot quieter, and then it just got loud again. Yeah, right. which is stupid. That's true. Uh, all right, Nuova Simonelli Mythos. Uh, I don't know a ton about the newer ones, um, but we do have one of these in our HQ. It's such ragtag equipment here. <laughs> oh, We man. have a non-volumetric machine... A freaking mythos. What? What are we doing? Um, do you think they still have the fatal flaw on the new ones just based on the body? Are you talking about the like the degreed burrs that yes. wear unevenly? Yes. It looks like it. Because <laughs> people recommend the mythos. Like still. Yeah, right. So... What does the Mythos do well? Temperker, temp, temperker. Tim Pepper. Tim Pepper. <laughs> My father-in-law. Temperature okay. control. It does that. That's that's it. It's the cream of the crop. The creme de la creme for that, right? <laughs> I mean, how... Or it's supposed to be? We used to... Yes, it's supposed to be. I'll say that. It, um, they they kind of put it on the map. Yeah? Yeah. I think so. Um we used to, Ethan and I used to work with a Mythos every day at one of our previous jobs. And, and and that's it. 
And that's we it. We just had to take it with yeah. us. <laughs> um, it's, I can't remember if it was that, I don't think it was that consistent. No, it, no. so it's got another cup. Whoa, it is expensive. That one with a built in tamper. The cl- one of our wholesale accounts has that. Um, okay, it's pretty expensive. I think it's probably fine. Like if I think it's got uh it's got um status or like respect. Clout. Clout. Yeah. If you go into a place and it's got a mythos, you you know someone spent a lot of money on a grinder. I remember like seeing a picture of Onyx and they had like, you know, four mythoses right. in a row. They look good next to each other. Things I don't like maybe they fix it on these, but the programming's really bad. Like to change the time, just like the interface, and a lot of the newer grinders are activated like on timers. For example, you know, it's like put your port filter in; it runs for three and a half seconds. Most grinders, when like either the port filter falls off or you like have just gotten a little bit of coffee and you pull away, it'll stop grinding. But no matter what, if you activate the switch, it will grind for that amount of time, no matter what. And so if you ever see a mythos, there's usually just a <laughs> a mountain of coffee underneath because people always are just like trying to get a little bit of coffee or like accidentally bump it or something. And it's just like, yeah, and you just watch it. And that's really stupid and small, but it's like you can't stop it and it just happens. If you want to do a small thing, you have to like press a button and yeah, you then have, do you have it. to change the setting. The other stupid thing, I'm sorry, we're just I feel like we have a lot to say bad about grinders they I'm, all suck i know that's, it, that's the issue i know it's hard guys like, it's hard to make grinders. i know it's hard i couldn't do it and i'm grateful for anyone that tries <laughs> but but okay and then the other the other dumb thing at least on ours is that the daggum hopper like lid or the hopper shut off thing that makes lets you close the hopper the vibrations of the grinder close <laughs> yeah. the lid so that anyone that hasn't worked on that machine like for a long time just always thinks that the grinder's broken or it's like nothing's coming out. And then you have to like look underneath and go, oh, hopper closed. Hopper was closed. And then what's yeah. what's the big one? The diagonal burst? Can you? Yeah. So uh, it. I don't know how if you're on YouTube, you can definitely see this uh, website that um oh, i'm sorry I, I thought you meant you wanted me to go to YouTube. no sorry so where his mouse is like go to the show the burrs so uh yeah just like show the burrs big t yep so, yep furry. got it um so where his mouse is that is the grinding chamber like the the hopper uh comes through that that silver chamber the that circular uh portion there those are burrs and usually burrs are like this. They are, they're flat. They're in this position, um, and the coffee, you know, comes through them and then comes out the chute into your portafilter. But on the Mythos, they are angled like this, as you can see, by design. By design, and so because of the law of gravity, like the beans pass through it, and those burrs are sitting at this angle, and so the the burrs wear unevenly because the they're at that angle. Um, I can't like break down the physics of why, um, but that is another flaw. The burrs just wear unevenly. Mm-hmm. I I uh, 
I also am not a fan of the grind adjustment of that little knob. That little knob yeah. on the right is how you adjust the the uh, fine or coarseness of the grind. Um, it's a little bit harder to do like micro adjustments with that. Um, and just to zoom out, man, I, I feel like th- this topic is not that well documented, but I have just thought this ever since I've worked in coffee. I Grinders are inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like I've never worked on a super consistent grinder mm-hmm. and I've worked on you've worked on every good every top of the line grinder I haven't done a lot of Mazer stuff yeah um, I've, I've worked on a Mazer Coney right and but I mean I'm like is that their top of the line I don't I, I just don't know and it was it. an old one yeah so it's like um, I when I say I've never worked with a consistent grinder I'm not just like some, you know, barista that had a coffee job. Like I've worked on a lot of different ones. Um, and invariably, the you'll be pulling shots and then the everything about the coffee will change in a moment. And you tried to dial it in and it's like, I didn't tamp it wrong. I, you know, the weather didn't change in a single moment like this is a really, really consistent roaster that we're, you know, we're, we're the coffee's not the problem. The espresso machine's not the problem. It's the grinder. And so I, uh, I just feel like no one talks about that. <laughs> Grinders just aren't that consistent. Yeah. Your website's crazy right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, we don't know anything about the Mazer line. It looks like it's all completely redone and more digital now. Yeah. Um, I always seem to hear high praise from the Mazer community. Yeah. Yeah. And I, we're tech. saying all this. We're kind of like crapping on a lot of stuff. We're not necessarily like completely saying this on the authority of on all matters. We're saying this more of like, hey, if uh, if you guys know of good grinders out there, first of all, smash like and then <laughs> comment below with your favorite grinder. Um, Colson. I'm talking to you. Uh, you know, my mom actually listens to every every show too. So, shout out Karen. Karen, comment your favorite grinder. Smash Hello. like Karen. Uh, I love you. And You're uh, awesome. Thanks for tuning in. You're the best. Anyways, Anyways. so grinders. Ah, yeah, I know they're tough. Uh, Do we finish the list with the mythos? Your it's uh it's this. I don't know. I'm not going to talk about it. We're going to keep going. And then the Super Jolly, which is the most classic espresso grinder of all time. The doser. It's got the, the <laughs> knock doser. It's loud as all get out. And I could never, ever recommend this grinder. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe we should try this thing. Yeah. It's crazy. It has the side side knob adjustment. Um, but it could be cool. If you've ever worked on a Mazer cold with a K S keep it cool. Let us know. seems like it's doing some of the new cool things. Uh, one second per six grams. What does that mean? How many? Three three seconds for 18 grams. That's, that's pretty good. That's amazing. Does it look like, I know this is super, you lose any time you don't have a place to rest your portafilter. I think you can get it. The the other ones had it. 
We'll check out that tab. See the tab above the button? That's what that is. This? Uh, what? Accessories. You can get the easy tamper. Oh, okay. it's conical burrs. What? Yeah. Take it all back. Uh, I don't know. I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, this thing seems like it's pretty easy to take apart. That's pretty Yeah, see, look. Nice. Scroll down. It says conical burrs right there. Up. Oh, that's just that just says that. Okay. Interesting. Anyway, anyways, I, yeah, when we were talking about burrs earlier, I said most you're going to want to do a flat burr unless there's technology I don't know about, which that maybe that's is that like their top of the line guy? Uh, I believe so. That is really interesting. Um, we'll have there, to try it. Yeah, it has, it has all the check marks. We're going to talk to uh, Caleb at Brownies, our local coffee tech, and see what he thinks about the uh, the cold S from Mazer. So, so what are we liking right now, though, boys? All right. Right now, we are only recommending Anthem Scotty 2s. Uh, we personally don't have a lot of experience with the rest of Anthem's uh, product line, honestly. But the Scotty just... It's it, faithful. It's faithful. And you guys can speak to that a little more than me because you've worked on them a lot more. But we just don't... I mean, does it produce the... You know, if you're calling the E80 at its best, 100%. The best espresso from the Anthem is probably, what, 95% of the 100 that would be the E80? It's close. It's um, close. Yeah. So... Like. The SP2 Plus. Why would anyone get a doser? Is there like something we don't know about of why that's preferred? I don't. You mean like a clickety clack? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not sure why anyone would get that. Okay. First of all, we have to look at that because I haven't really seen anything about that. SP2 Plus. Scotty. Anything else you want me to pull up? The How best. about the best? Yeah, Just the best. the best. Let's call it best. I'll pull up the Practica as well. So we were introduced to uh, Anthem products by our regional partner, our regional equipment partner. And they are, we, we used to be able to get them, prices have gone up, but we used to be able to get them for $895. No, $995. Which is, so when you compare that to the $3,500 grinder, it's which obviously... Which we got it for less than 35 yeah, I think it was twenty eight fifty yeah. that we got it for because we have a direct account. Um, but we were like, the our our uh, our equipment partner was like, "Hey man, you can't you can't sleep on these Anthem Scotties. They are they do have the worst name in the whole world, Scotty. But um, don't let the price tag you know scare you. That they're amazing grinders. They're not gonna like have tons of bells and whistles, but they're really rugged. And I was like, okay." So we had a, a several wholesale partners buy them. I mean, we and we bench test all of our wholesale grinders. We put them on our bar here at the HQ. We season the burrs. We dial in our coffee, um, and we program each of the settings. Uh, you know, on what's good for our coffee, and then we ship them out. Um, unless you unless you're far away, and then we usually just have the grinders sent to you, um, like we had a. a a, a guy in Idaho buy one of these grinders and we just had it sent to them. Um, but if you're local, we'll, we'll do all that for you. Um, and we're like, okay, so 
I really, really like the way the grinder is working on the bench test. Uh, it's simple. There's not really a whole lot of ways you can mess it up. Um, it has, you know, volumetric dosing just with a timer. You know, you set the time to grind for 5.3 seconds and that gives you 19 grams, whatever. Um, and it's like, okay, but how, how good is it five months in like at our cafe? How good is it after you've thrown, you know, 10,000 shots at it? What's it like then? Um, and we put one in the cafe and what what has been your experience with it, Ethan? It's great. Uh, it's just like the most no fuss thing, you know. The clump crusher is really interesting. Everything's really easy access too. Yeah. So if you can, if you see on the screen, like where the little red marker is that shows how coarse or fine the coffee is, that like uh, big cog there is the top of the top burr so yeah. like you're seeing direct changes like okay when i tighten the grinder i'm literally i can see myself putting the burrs closer together right like it and then to take it off you just lift up the hopper and you just unscrew the burr and then you're there so it's pretty crazy and then the like the clump crusher you just unscrew these two guys and then boop it's right there. And yep. You can see under the grinder. It's it's easy. It's super good. N- no problems. Like it handles handles a rush well. It's gonna it's gonna heat up, but then it's gonna cool back down. You know. How's the consistency in a rush? I don't think we've ever we've had so many moments with the the E eighty and the peak and like I can't get it to go longer than 14 seconds you know like you hear that like either you're taking taking orders or you're making drinks you look over at the person who's making the shots and there's like bug-eyed and they're like i i can't get this thing to work i don't think that's ever happened with the anthem it's always like if it heats up during the rush it'll probably start going from like 25 seconds to down to like 22 like it'll be a change and then you you move the grinder you know, you tighten it up and you're there. Yeah. So uh, kind of like hits expectation in a lot of ways really well. Have you noticed that? Because like with a lot of grinders, you change the grind adjustment. You make it finer. You make it coarser. And you you don't really see a change in the shot times mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that the case with this grinder? How does it do with that? You know, funny enough, last this past weekend... I changed it once pretty far and I didn't see a change. And then I just changed it again and it made, made the move. And that's interesting because you, what I'm saying is you see the direct result. Like you can see with your eyes that you're making the burrs be closer right. together. So it's like, what else needs to be happening? Yeah. Um, and a lot of time, well, I'll tell you what really the, the fact of the matter is when the grinder heats up during a rush, everything's going faster and it's hotter. So in the 5.2 seconds that you're grinding, you're getting more coffee. So say your set dose is for 17, five grams when you're in the rush and it's busy, busy, busy. And you're like, things are pulling fast. 
you weigh a shot, it's coming in at like 18.3, so like almost a whole gram more. It's like, oh, I need to tighten up the grind. So you tighten up the grind, and then you start going, and then, but then you start getting 17.5 again. So there's almost a gram less in your portafilter, and you rip it again. It's going to be in a similar time frame as the coarser but larger dose. So then you have to go finer again to maintain your 17.5 gram dose and let the shot go longer, if that makes sense. So usually it's like a, a, a double move. You said 17.5 again, which sounds like the sequel for Zac Efron's 17 again. <laughs> what an observation. If you want to see 17.5 again in theaters, smash the like button. Yes. Yeah, so we're recommending this grinder. We are. I mean, we, we don't recommend this one, to be clear. Uh, I, I don't have a ton of basis for that, but again, same parent company as Mal Koenig looks like the E80. Caught. <laughs> could, could not be. Maybe it's not. If it's not and you know that it's not, then let me know. But it looks pretty close to the same bones. And then as far as this guy, what's what's up with this guy, you know? Well, you got titanium burrs on it. Mm -hmm. There it is. And that, that's one thing I was going to mention is it comes with steel burrs. And you can upgrade to titanium. Um, titanium. Uh, let's see. Read that. Like, what's a... Uh, the SP2 Plus is for busier cafes. I think it's just a Scotty with all the upgrades. So it Upgraded has... cooling system. Yeah. Removable rear panel that brings a smile of joy to every technician's face. I think they all have that. I think that's kind of their... Is there a rear uh, photo? Mm. Let's see the rear. No. There's something they don't want us to know. Come on, guys. Can we download it? Product sheet. Probably on that, right? Nope. <laughs> All right, sick. Oh my gosh, they have red boys. You know how I feel about it red. It only comes in two two twenty, I think. Oh. oh, dude, we gotta get this one. All right. Well, I mean, it looks pretty. It looks pretty just, good. That probably just uh, means it grinds a lot faster. Grinding time for single espresso: two point two seconds. So, so four point four. So four point four single. So, uh, so we should start doing singles. Yeah. I'm interested. I mean, yeah, I think it just comes with titanium burrs. It comes with a, I think it said it comes with a better switch. And a better cooling system, which is kind of taking care of Does what? it even have a switch? Where's the switch? Where did it go? Oh. It doesn't have a switch. Maybe it's just the picture. It's I'm like a scared. Rendering. I hope not. They could have forgot. See, the SB2 does in the sp2 plus interesting what is this replacement of the mechanical start stop activation switch with a durable proximity sensor uh oh, uh -oh. No, uh -oh. No, no 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 control alt delete am i right boys oh back out we don't like that okay we do not like why that. So, why so take probably, away the switch so probably just this one there i is, think it's the exact same thing but there is zero like inconvenience to the switch yeah Especially if you distance the switch from the, like, coffee, you know, because the coffee comes out pretty angled. I think that was another problem. I don't think you may have talked about it while I was indisposed uh, about the mythos, but that, like, 
coffee just gets all oh, up yeah. in that. The cl- Okay. I need to crap on the clump crusher on the Mythos for a second. Please. It's terrible. It's almost Full it's stop. it's almost worth not buying the grinder because of the clump crusher. Again, I could I could be wrong about the upgraded grinders, but um as of, you know, 2016 or so, uh the clump crusher is just this little like plastic you know piece that breaks. And the worst thing about it is when you go to replace the clump crusher, which needs to happen often, the screws always strip that hold the clump crusher on because they are just crap screws. So like even if you like, you know, use the right size Phillips head and you you really you don't, you know, mash it or whatever, um, the screws strip. So you have to get a new clump crusher all the time and you have to have screws for the clump crusher because they're going to strip. Lord help us. Anyways. Rant over. Rant over. Let's talk about, unless you have something else, Big T, let's talk about um, batch grinders. Let's, Let's hit that for a second. Okay. It's great to have an awesome batch grinder that can do espresso. And you wouldn't technically, or you wouldn't usually think, I have an espresso grinder. Why do I need my batch grinder to do espresso? Because espresso grinders break. As uh, as is well documented on this program, Ooh, um, good point. And so, if you need to pop over to your batch grinder and brew some espresso because you have a line and you don't have a coffee tech person on staff, that's great. Just a little note. Um, there's no good. Whenever I look at best drip coffee grinder coffee shop, there's not anything nice. relevant. It's all if it's commercial, then it's espresso. Um, and then it's just home grinders. And it, in case it needs to be said, which I need, I need to say this to wholesale partners more than you would imagine. Um, you do need an espresso grinder specific to espresso. It, you know, you may think I have, in other words, you can't really get by with just a batch grinder, even though it has mm-hmm. an espresso setting. Um, there are some high, very high-end specialty cafes that pull all of their shots through an EK43, which is a batch grinder. You're probably not that person. We're, we're not, not. We're not that person. We tried. We yeah, we did try, and it it just wasn't. It didn't work out. So you need an espresso grinder that is just for espresso, and you need a batch grinder that's more of your all-purpose. Totally. So you're going to use this for grinding your drip coffee. Uh, grinding retail bags for people to take home, um, any sort of single cup brewing, whether that's pour over, French press, AeroPress, Kalita, whatever it is, you're going to use this grinder to grind those single dose. Uh, things to look for in a good batch grinder, because uh, this is also a huge part of the equation. You know, let let's say someone, let's say someone says, I have. $23,000 for my espresso machine, my espresso grinder, my batch brewer, and my batch grinder. You know, like, where do I spend my money? Right. That's a great question. And I think, again, there's a, a happy medium to everything. I will say a splurge, uh, It's it's so hard to say, but I'll say this, like it's really nice to splurge on your patch grinder. 
As in, really, there's just the EK-43 from Mount Koenig, and then there's others, There's other stuff. Yeah. I saw it looked like Mazur had a type, and I'm sure it works. It looked a lot more electronic. Yes, I see that grinder showing up more and more. Um, Mazur, Mazur made a batch grinder that sort of similar design to the EK. Um, if you're a coffee person at all, or if you're just a coffee shop goer, you know what an EK forty three looks like. Um, we'll it's pull the grinder. Yeah, it's the grinder. Uh, it works incredible for espresso. Uh, it works incredibly for batch brew. The maintenance on it is pretty easy. I know we've had some trouble in the past. I'm sure some of that was user error. Um, sure. <laughs> you, Ethan. What? Um, but yeah, it's very easy to change the burrs. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it is a rugged design with minimal features. You had an on and an off button, and then you got your your smacker, smacker your static uh, buster. Static and, buster. <laughs> That's and, really it. And you got your grind adjustment. Um, so, guys, if you can, get an EK and buy it through us. So that we can get it to you at cost. We're not going to make any money off of it. It's it's so great. And I we've I just trashed them for so long. But they they have they've only improved the EK. What used to be the biggest problem with the EK was the switch. Cause it would just always break. Gosh. And then they fixed the switch. Metal buttons. Beep, beep, beep. And then they added the S to the EK uh forty three S to the product line for Which people I'm who anti. are into it. We don't love it, but uh, some people, it would be great for them. You know, if you are mobile and you want an EK, it would be perfect for that. Or you're doing a lot of espresso by the cup mm-hmm. grinding, mm-hmm. probably a lot just easier access. Yeah. S in this scenario would just mean short. Yes. <laughs> As in, it is Small. the same thing, but the EK is kind of famous for its long legs, but this thing has got short legs. Um, yeah, I mean, I, he was saying you should try, if you're getting a batch brew grinder, like a drip coffee grinder, you should get one that is all purpose because your espresso grinder will break at some point. And if you are in the middle of nowhere, you should probably have a backup. Unfortunately, there's really not a backup for batch brewing grinding on a, like an espresso grinder can't do that. Right. Yeah. Maybe some serious mods later, but whatever. <laughs> that you would... can't do that while you're on bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I'm a big recommend on the the EK. It really it can help you, and we'll talk about this later. It can really help you diversify your menu too, because you can kind of opens you up to some more opportunities. Malcona, Guatemala. Rest in, rest in peace, or is it? No, is, it's it's there. It's just it's updated. Got an update. Heard great things. Um, save a little bit of money uh, if you're not going to go EK. Um, Mal Koenig also makes a bun coffee mill. Uh, it like it's it's the same design as the bun coffee mill. I, I'd snatch one of those. We sold one of those to a wholesale account before. Um, the DK15. Look at that thing. Yeah, just go straight for the DK15. Call yeah. it a day. But anyways, I, I I don't think we have to go super long on the no. the batch no. grinder. You want to end? Uh, maybe we can 
follow up on another app, but you want to end with Batch Brewers? Just well, Batch Brewers, then we could probably just encompass all other restaurant-esque equipment in one quick go. Statement. Yeah. A statement piece. Um, so talking, just talking batch brew real quick, uh, you know, you have some, some options here, you know, are you going to batch brew? I think the answer should be yes. Uh, are you also going to do pour overs and we can hit on that really quick, kind of in the same category. Right. Um, I see a lot of different accounts out there that, that just go ahead and buy a batch brewer that I've never seen before. Like espresso machines, there's not much I haven't seen mm-hmm. as far as brands, but there's so many batch brewers out there because it's such a simple design. It's literally just a boiler and a switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that there's just so many different options out there. And there's not much on this. It's just all home related. Again. Yeah. Right. So that's why we're doing this episode. Like there's not a lot of great resources. And that's also why we help our wholesale partners with this stuff. So, I mean, we'll just go ahead, come out and say it. There's really two brands and I, I, I pretty much like them equally. There's a few, uh, there's a few kind of small minutia that would make me lean a certain way, but there's, there's Wilbur Curtis that makes fine batch brewers. And then there's Fetco. Um, both of them have a touchscreen. Okay, hold down your lunch, boys. They have a touchscreen. I've never ever had a problem with it. You're you're pretty far away. The touchscreen is very far away from anything that would damage it. That kind of makes right. me have the peace of mind. It's just like it's up at the top. Yeah, it's away from everything. And it's great to be able to program um, a batch brewer. You can you can go in the menus on either Fetco or Curtis Brewers and tell it exactly how many ounces you want your brew to be. Um, the the reason I said there's minutia that would make me lean a certain way is if I'm recommending a uh, a batch brewer to a wholesale customer, I'm probably going to go Fetco, um, the extractor series, because whenever you're programming the recipes. Um, well, I'll say the other way. Whenever you're programming recipes on a Curtis, you have to manually adjust the pulses. Like you tell it, I want 40 ounces of water on this pulse, and then I want it to shut off for five seconds, and then I want 60 ounces of water. Like Fetco doesn't, it does that, but it allows it to be a little bit more intuitive and just kind of like, I want, I want it to. I want my brew to take this long, and then I want this many ounces on my brew, and it just kind of works all that math for you. So, and another thing is, you know, if you buy, uh, if you buy a brewer, we'll we'll put it on our bench and we'll program it for you. Um, we'll probably charge you some money because that takes a while, and we'll we'll give you, you know, like our uh, our exact recipe, you know, that we would use. Um, so anything to add there, guys? Yeah. Um, I mean, there are a couple of other brands. Like I would say newcomers like uh, Tone is doing batch brewers. Oh, cool. Um, that seem like they're probably pretty cool. I just don't have any experience yeah. with them. Um, we probably wouldn't just like 
recommend that to a cafe that yeah. is opening. I mean, I guess if you want to be, you know, on the cutting edge, it's kind of just a risk you got to take. Yeah. Um, One that we did take with the E80. Yes. Uh, and then what's the other one that like has Marco? The, no, the vessel that you like see it filling oh. up at the top. It has the gravity something gravity. Schmavity, <laughs> cavity, gravity, gravity coffee. Uh, while you're looking at that, um, what do you think about someone buying a drip brewer? And they are like, should I get one brew head or two? Yeah, I get that question for sure. Um, we have a a a double, dual, dual. Um, and do you like that? Do you use that? Yeah. How do you use that? Like practically. Okay. Let me say like this. Yeah. We used to do iced coffee on the batch brewer. So being able to do hot and iced and like be switching those out interchangeably was very convenient. Um, now that we just do hot coffee, probably get away with one. Ground control. Sorry. Ground control. You guys know this? I've seen it. I don't know anything about it, but I just had to figure out what it was called. They look crazy. Maybe they're cool. I don't know. Continue. Sorry. $10,000. Okay. Wow. Not that cool. For a cup of coffee? You're going to expect me to pay. Yeah, because I mean, what are we talking about with the, these batch brews are more in the thousand to two thousand? Like, yeah, 12 to two, something like that. You can get a dual head Curtis. I think like it's 17. I think it's around there. It could be like 22 or something, but it's definitely less than 10,000. Yeah. Um, now I would say two is just convenient for like, if I'm opening on a Saturday morning, I can rip both of them to yep. have it like ready to rock. Cause we're going to start serving drip right out of the gate. Um, other than that, it's, it's not a big deal. I would probably do one if I needed to now. Another thing I would like to do in Dunwoody is we, we've yeah. never done this before, and maybe we'll see how it goes with doing a buy-the-cup option, too. I've always liked the idea of multiple drip options. Just practicality gets in the way. Waste really gets in the way for me because I feel like you just are going to be dumping a lot of coffee. Um, so unless you're doing iced coffee and hot coffee, I'd just say get one. And same thing with the espresso machine. Just get more air pots. Don't get... Like, like I would say, get more portafilters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah, I hated at I hated it at the cart. We only had one air pot and one brew brewer, so you'd have to run out of drip to start another thing of drip. <laughs> and that eight minute window is when everybody wants drip. Oh yeah, I don't Scienti- remember that. Scientifically speaking, oh it was it was a real real dealio. I think you're lying. I'm sure we got another one. At some point, we put one on the back bar, okay, the wire rack. Yeah. Um, So that would be my thing is depending on your situation. But most likely for most people, I just get one. Cool. Yeah. And make sure you wire that thing up to 220 power. 
Yeah, you oh, yeah. optimal recovery I time. I mean, really for everything we've talked about. Yeah. 220 is always better if you got it. Except for grinders. You, those are usually 110, but you can get 220 options. Probably be better. As so well. as, yeah. far as, as far as budget goes, just to recap, batch brewers can be awesome and not that expensive. You know? Yeah. You don't have to get the ground control. We're not telling you to get the Mac Daddy, and you can still make amazing drip. Batch brewer grinder, we're telling you to get basically the most expensive one. Yeah. And we're telling you that it's worth it. Espresso grinder, we're telling you to get a pretty cheap one. We're telling you to get a very specific one. <laughs> a very specific cheap one, cheaper one, versus like a $4,000 premium one. And we've worked on all of them, and we're pretty hard and fast on that. Espresso machine, based on your situation you could go as crazy we would give you we would give you the thumbs up on buying a forty thousand dollar machine but we also give you a thumbs up on getting an eight thousand dollar used Lamarzoco linea so there's a wide range of like what's good for you then there's all the other crap let's talk pour overs just real oh, quick right, right, right. um you know if you want to go that direction which at our new cafe and in our current cafe we are moving we our current cafe we're retrofitting into that direction i've said retrofit just too much here yeah slow down the retrofit progress and then in our new cafe we're gonna do it straight from the jump uh so if you want to do it you can do the manual thing which is obviously an efficiency suck on your staffing and i would say a quality suck and usually a quality suck because people are under stress uh, there's a lot of variables that could go wrong. They're having to retrofit. There's retrofitting involved. <laughs> uh, th- th- yeah, they're retrofitting the water into the the V60. Yes. Or the, Kalita Wave. The Beehive. Or Origami Brewer. Gino. Uh, yeah. And so you know, for us, if we were going to recommend someone do that, if you really value that, we would recommend an automated pour-over system. Um, some you got as examples, we have the tone in our Alpharetta cafe, the tone touch, the biggest perk of that being it is, it it does not have an internal boiler. So it's all flash heated, um, which is cool because we didn't want to, um, we didn't, and it also doesn't have a, a drain line. Yeah. And that was the big thing for us. Um, we didn't want to have to plumb in a new drain line for this specific machine and do another counter top hole cut and yeah so there's the tone and dunwoody we are going to be putting uh wilbur curtis seraphims which is just again another option for this um they're good they're pretty cheap comparatively to some of the other systems um you also have mod bar they make one that's relatively expensive uh, and then you have the Marco SP9. Um, so, you know, you have all those options. With all that being said, they all have programmable recipes that will make the pour over for you. And that's cool. I guess kind of TBD on how we feel about all that stuff, too. Mm-hmm. But if you have something that you want to say, smash the like button and let us know. Please. Um yeah, so we don't have a ton of recommendation, but I think, you know, the only one I've ever really used was the Seraphim. 
just kind of hanging out behind the bar at Peach when we used to roast there. And it seemed like it was good. Yeah, so it just we're getting that. has like a the same kind of user experience as the Curtis Brewers. Mm-hmm. And then the the tone so far has when it's been operable, which it, we haven't had any major issues with it. It's just been install issues. Yeah. Um, which is probably on the fault of us. It, oh. But when it works, it has been, it's produced a really good product and yeah. it's consistent. It can make tea. Too. It, it's a robot doing it. So mm-hmm. it does it well. Um, okay. Next, Ethan, you have the most experience with all of this. Uh, so as far as the rest of the inqu- equipment, you know, talking refrigeration, ice makers, dishwashers, ovens. Yeah, all of those things have broken. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> In our space. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of the time you don't have an option, right? You just have the budget and you make it work and you buy all your coffee gear and then you see that you have $10,000 left for your other stuff and you cram it in. Um, but just, it. I would love to catch the ear of someone who's either owned a coffee shop or a coffee company for over 10 years and just like how many times they've had to switch out equipment. But we're coming up on three years in the 44 Milton Cafe and we've really, you know, been pretty high volume since the start. We're grateful for it, but we've really put a wear and tear on all of our equipment, coffee and non-coffee related. And it's highlighted how much investing in like the bottom of the line stuff can really bite you in the butt as far as time and repairs and money. Cause I'm sure if you calculated all the money that has gone into our different equipment, it has probably mostly exceeded the price point of a nicer thing. So for example, we have like a three bay under counter fridge on our back bar and it is frozen multiple times and had compressor issues and temperature control panel issues and condenser coil issues. And we've probably spent over two grand on it, but we've also spent two grand to buy it. And then you, if you look online, you can get the top of the line, like a true or a beverage air, same cooler in the three to $3,500 range. And it just makes you think like, Oh, which it it probably will will require some amount of repair at some point. Yeah, but just a lot less. A lot less, and it teaches you about maintenance too. Like I would just say that to a coffee shop owner, you're just not thinking about maintaining your equipment all the time. But I would just implore you to think about it and make margin in your workload to clean your coils and to clean your air filters on your ice machine. Um, and honestly, we were super excited to get a certain ice machine and we spent more money for it. And that kind of bit us in the butt too. We found a lot of issues. That was another big lesson to take away is always plan way, way ahead for like production ceiling and storage ceiling. Don't try to like, don't try to squeeze everything into a small space. Like we have very tight refrigeration we have an ice machine that does not produce enough ice for us on 
heck a busy winter day sometimes even mm-hmm. um let alone just like a uh, a summer weekday um so yeah when you're thinking when we're doing this dumbity space we're in a really interesting scenario because we're also on a tight budget but we're also like why we're gonna have to spend this money one way or another we should probably invest in better equipment um and i would i would say nearly everything that we've purchased has had an issue like our dishwasher our ice machine every single refrigerator our sinks our sinks yeah even like we bought just like the webstrant suggested cost effective sinks and like the the faucet handles just broke have broken multiple times it's like ah so and that means stand up cooler no wait no it's it's crapped out okay but that one is maintenance error that was because it just needed to get cleaned Mm. it just needed to get cleaned Cool. So the Ivanco stand-up glass door refrigerator, great quality, has worked, which doesn't get opened all the time. No, the three bay gets opened all the time, and it made a valve in the compressor that activates the defrost to break, and so it won't defrost. So every ten days, the evaporator coils freeze, and I have to thaw them with your breath, which you're really good at. <sighs> Yeah, I actually, I mean, I've gotten my time down pretty good, <laughs> but is that, I don't know, uh, yeah, yeah, so. Is that great work? Is that great work? No. Um, but we have, we've bought two kegerator, two beverage air coolers over the last couple of years, and those have worked great so far. Those don't, one gets used very heavily, and it has maintained very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, just for general equipment, I would just say really try to not just get the cheapest thing, but try to find reviews, try to find uh, try to find trusted brands, brands with warranties. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're changing our ice machine from a cold draft to a Hoshizaki stand-up in the back that has a bigger production ceiling, and we're going to be carrying ice out from the back versus like the undercounters are convenient, but the production ceiling is just really low. Yeah, like we, I think we had the biggest undercounter cold draft we could get. Yeah, yeah. it's a two hundred fifty pound bin, but it probably only makes like a hundred pounds a day. Yeah. Um, the other big issue with the cold draft is that, and I don't think I think this is like how it was specced. You're supposed to like line it in with a copper uh, line, mm. like plumb it in, but you can't work on the top. You have to like cut the copper, pull it out put it back, wrap up the copper. Um, I remember the guy, like the repair guy brought in and saw, he was like, I have to cut the countertop. And I was like, <laughs> no, you don't have to cut the countertop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, I know it's lame and probably anyone would tell you this, but just don't skimp on the, the boring stuff. The refrigeration is, is key. Cause that stuff's going to keep you there after hours. We should be with your family. <laughs> C. C. <laughs> yes. Well, that was a lot. That was a had a lot more to say about equipment than we did about hiring, huh? <laughs> That's funny. We Both got a lot to say about hiring, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Both are important. Both are very important. And, I mean, we didn't say this, but all of this, 
yeah, it affects like I have to stay late sometimes or like, yeah, we're thinking about the cost of it, but we're trying to do all this so that the work experience for the people that we hire is like, we just don't want everybody to be in an anxious space because like your equipment's all like uh, finicky and like very iffy. So the, the more you invest in your just like bones of your space, the more like peaceful and focused your team can be on guests and product. Not like, Oh, I got to make sure I use the exact minimum ice for the day. So we don't run out and like, that's like a stress point. You yeah, know? for sure. So at least for me, when I'm thinking about all this stuff, it's like, how can we take care of the team so that they can take care of the guests through this? And so that's why we're talking to coffee shop owners. So it's kind of addressed to you guys, setting your team up for success, setting yourself up for success while you're at it. Yep. Yep. That's good guys. This is good content. If you're still listening, you just sat through some really, really niche crap. Cold draft. Hoshizaki. Hopefully it was helpful. We're just sharing our experience. We even talk about Max Ice. Champion, uh, <laughs> champion, uh, champion dishwashers. Champion versus Hobart versus Noble. I mean, it's a whole debate. We could spend hours just on that. Gosh. Yeah. Well, good one, boys. Good one. Love you guys. Love you. Love you.